The Ghost of Tsushima sequel may be underway, and we have some clues from the hiring that it might be heading towards more multiplayer, maybe even live service. If you've been waiting for Ghost of Tsushima 2, good news is they might actually be hiring to work on it. We're going to be breaking it all down for you right here at the beginning of the video. If you weren't here for the live stream, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live discussions. I am a safe for work broadcaster, and I do try to give you all the goods right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go searching for them. This is a Reforge update. Ghost of Tsushima 2 is likely starting to ramp up and we have clues that it may include live service or multiplayer capabilities. We already know the current game does that with Legends. I have my own theory about what that's been pointing to. I'm going to break it down for you. If you like these quick updates, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my uploads and check out Reforge Gaming where I streamed the discussion live. So I want to talk about what was found why we think it is pointing to the Ghost of Tsushima sequel, because it's not the only game that Sucker Punch could be working on, and why I think signs point to a live service, and they've already done some things that could be pointing to a live service game. According to GamesRadar.com, Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch is hiring, and fans are suspicious that it could be to work on the next game for Tsushima. What was found? So as highlighted in a reset era thread, Sucker Punch is currently looking for a technical combat designer and a senior combat designer to work at its Washington-based studio. Both roles ask for applicants to have a, quote, played previously shipped Sucker Punch title, so they need to be familiar with what's already been made. Now, why does it sound like Ghost of Tsushima? What's most likely is that it's related to Tsushima not only because it's arguably one of Sucker Punch's biggest games, but also because of some of the descriptions in the job listings. In the technical combat designer job description, Sucker Punch is asking for applicants to have, quote, experience working on gameplay or combat in third-person action games. Even more more details also point to similarities to things that are in Tsushima. More from Games Radar. Perhaps more interestingly is the encounter designer job that requires a successful applicant to quote deliver interesting and varied encounters in an open world game with a particular focus on melee combat and stealth. If that doesn't sound like Ghost of Tsushima, I don't know what does. There are more clues though in the job listings that point to potential live service and or multiplayer capabilities. They are looking for a senior multiplayer systems designer and a senior multiplayer mission designer. Now, there's more to think about here than just, oh, is it more Ghost of Tsushima Legends? Ghost of Tsushima Legends does have missions. It does have sort of like things you're doing, but this sounds like it could be significantly bigger than just more Legends. I have always maintained that Legends was a testing ground for something far bigger. They're also looking for a campaign director, a writer, and other things like AI systems designer and senior mission designer, senior multiplayer mission designer, and senior multiplayer systems designer. So they want people for both missions as well as multiplayer missions, as well as AI 
and a campaign. So why did I theorize that they are going toward live service? I felt like Ghost of Tsushima Legends had all the markings of a foundation for a live service game. There was loot, there was tiers to the loot, there was leveling, you had different abilities, it was all done online, you could play with other people, they might have been experimenting with how would it work with multiple samurai in one area fighting similar enemies or working together to fight the same exact enemy like teaming up. The way they added the Ikishima Island to the map also seemed to indicate they were comfortable expanding the map and world. Assassin's Creed Infinity could be leading the charge here with a new standard for open world action adventure games. I've continued to say that they spend all this time making a massive huge open world that would make a great light MMO and then you play it and then you're sort of done. Many people push back on my theory saying Ghost of Tsushima and other games like it need to lean on campaign and character-driven stories, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But if I get more Ghost of Tsushima, as long as it's at the quality of the first game, I'm not going to complain. As always, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these uploads. And head over to Reforge Gaming where I stream live, and I'll see you in the next video. Now, I'll see the rest of you right now. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I feel like my theory is getting a little bit more legs. I'm trying to be careful and apprehensive here. I don't want to get too excited. I, I, I don't want to jump in head first here and then end up being obviously completely wrong. But the more I look at this, the more it sounds like they are describing Ghost of Tsushima. Now, Barrier saying could be Sly Cooper as well. Is Sly Cooper a game that's in an, that you would see being open world with melee combat and stealth, though, would be the question. Because as they described that particular line, I was on the fence until I read that, and I was like, that's Ghost of Tsushima. Like, you, you're talking about a third-person open world game with melee-driven combat and stealth. I, I can't... I can't think that's Sly Cooper. I mean, I don't, I'm not super familiar with Sly Cooper. Maybe it is. Maybe it is Sly Cooper. I don't know. Yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. Guys, go through your morning rituals. Uh, The news cycle was a little light, so this was more of a passionate topic for me. We're a little ahead of the curve. There's not a lot of people reporting on this yet, so give me those first 100 likes. Make sure you're on live chat. We might have a lighter turnout. I don't know. This thing might catch fire. We may be one of the first people kind of talking about it. Sly Cooper is a stealth game with melee combat when i read live service a little voice in my head screams loot boxes yo what's good alex uh what's good icebreaker ghost 2 should have Jin go full ninja and abandon his samurai ways i would think that the next game would be ghost of tsushima way of the ghost or something along those lines where he would be teaching other people familiar and and sort of grown up with other like let's say all of the young men right now that had dads that were samurai okay All those young men would be sort of influenced by samurai teachings and thinkings, but would be open to the way of the ghost because he literally saves the island by abandoning the samurai way. I think the ghost is a hybrid. It's a middle ground. He's not like a ninja. He's not necessarily an assassin. He's a samurai who's okay with stabbing you in the back in the middle of the night if it means he can save a village or some people. You know what I'm saying? Sly combat mechanics are less than Ghost of Tsushima combat mechanics, so it makes sense to add more talent to expand to a live service and add longevity to the game. 
Now, somebody says, when I read live service, a little voice in my head screams loot boxes. Yes, every time I talk about live service, people get really, really nervous. They're like, oh my gosh, we don't need more live service games. I don't want more live service. I think live service is terrible. My consistent pushback is some of the more successful ongoing games right now are doing live service exceptionally well. Whether it's No Man's Sky, Diablo 3, Path of Exile, Elder Scrolls Online tons of games right now are doing ongoing content in a f- perfectly fine way uh, Division 2 is is getting there Destiny 2 has really gotten into a good rhythm, a very predictable rhythm with player base and deliverable seasons and content and DLCs I don't know, I mean there's plenty of companies and games that are getting live service right, I would even say Fortnite's getting live service right, now whether or not you like it, but I think it's getting live service right. They've got really great monetization. They've got really great live events. They're always updating their game. It's incredibly popular. I don't think that we should be afraid of live service. I think we should be obviously trying to get live service to land in the lanes that we want. We don't want these games to fall prey to you know the Diablo immortal uh, pit of bad monetization structures. As we reacted, <coughs> excuse me, as we reacted... As we reacted to Josh Drive Hayes video yesterday, it was clear that you can absolutely butcher a game with monetization. It's not like, well, the game's good, you just gotta ignore the monetization. Like, you can actually butcher a game. You can legitimately ruin a game with monetization. I believe that. And I believe that the more we dove, the more we dove and did like a deep dive into Diablo uh, Immortal, the more I was like, it's literally touching every game. So when someone hears me say Ghost of Tsushima sequel, I think it's going to be live service. That's where they go. They go to all these bad monetization practices and they're like, I don't want that in the next Ghost of Tsushima. And I mean, to be quite frank with you, neither do I. I don't want that garbage in the game either. Ghost Legends had tons of dope cosmetics, all earnable, not a single micro. And the way they treated Legends, the way they gave it away to people who owned the game and then sold it separately for like 20 bucks, I actually think Sucker Punch has a proven track record of like, okay, we can create really great content. We don't have to overbake the cake. We don't have to over-monetize it. Plus the Scotty, their tracker does or show heavy monetization. Melee, stealth, and third person, yeah, I don't know about open world. All right, let's see here. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Uh, which game do you want to see more? Ghost of Tsushima 2, the next Sly Cooper. What do you want to see more? I'm curious. Because <laughs> I know what I would pick. I mean, I know what I would pick. You guys know me. You know how passionate I am about Tsushima. You know how passionate I am about a handful of games. And this is definitely one of the ones that... I am I'm anxious to see where they take the franchise. I think they're set up beautifully to do a lot more with it. If you're just tuning in, the Ghost of Tsushima sequel is seemingly getting hired for right now. Now, some people are saying that they think it would be Sly Cooper. There's rumors surrounding that Sly Cooper's already been in production for a while. That's another one of the reasons why I don't think it's Sly Cooper, because there was lots of rumors around it I like this seems like they're getting ready to start a project as far as I could tell the rumors around Sly Cooper is that it was already in production I'm also curious what sort of open world elements that you would really see them adding to Sly Cooper what sort of multiplayer elements that they would add is that really where you think that that game would go because I feel like everything I read sounded like 
the exact evolution and steps and things that we were all anticipating for Ghost of Tsushima. We were sort of anticipating it being like, hey, this game is is got a lot of pieces and parts for an ongoing online multiplayer game. Like, if you look at how they handle Legends, I felt like it was a testing ground. I was like, this is something <clears throat> attached to something much bigger. It's like all of the things I've said about Fortnite. If you look at Fortnite... And you look at the way that they've continued to test that game, update that game, update that game, and do live events. It's like there's something bigger here. And Ghost of Tsushima 2, Here's what. Here's here's one of the things that's going to sound weird for me to say, and there's going to be people that disagree with me on this. I don't know if I just want another story, right? Like I don't know if I just want another game where Jin goes to a region and just like does stuff and kills people and help some people out like the story in Tsushima is so contained and is so beautiful and is so well crafted I don't want Jin's story to like just be I don't want the next phase of his life like I'm personally invested in this if you can't tell like I don't want the next phase of his life to be well now I'm gonna go and be a ghost everywhere and then it, it it'll almost dilute the how punctuated it was how beautiful it was like Every what like so we're gonna do Ghost of Tsushima two and he goes to some new region some new island and he just you know runs around and kills people and this and that and the other I would rather the next game be one where you pick a samurai and you train in the way of the ghost under Jin he's like an NPC and he's helping sort of you know reestablish an order of control and of protection and of safety. And he does it through all of these ghosts who trained underneath of him. So that's why you would have that live service element. You'd have that more shared world experience where you're out doing stuff and you can team up with your buds and run missions and do different things. That's where the multiplayer aspect would come in. Because if not, I don't know. I feel like you're going to really, really... It's going to be almost chintzy and generic to say, oh, well, yeah, now, now, now Jin's going out and... And and he's gonna he's gonna be a, a ghost in in this region of the world, right? <laughs> ghost of Tsushima, San Andreas, Fallout seventy six version. It's kind of like what they tried to do with Fallout seventy six, but I would hope that they wouldn't do a crappy job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now I know Fallout seventy six has really gotten itself into a better state. I, I don't know if we want to say it's had its redemption arc yet. I don't know if we want to say that, but. They've definitely improved the game. I don't think they've hit No Man's Sky levels of improvement, but everybody remembers the launch, right? Like, oh, Fallout 76 was so bad. I'm not, like, pulling for a bad launch. I would be be absolutely furious if the Tsushima sequel was bad. I hope it's a live service Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe that's what the poll should be asking is, would you want a live service Ghost of Tsushima, yes or no? Because everybody's just picking Ghost of Tsushima for the poll. 100 votes. We got, it's yeah, it's super slanted. Let's do a different poll. It's too slanted. Igris Rain coming in with a, uh, a, 10, a $10 tip. Well, it's 14 Canadian. It's $10 American because, you know, Monopoly money, inflation, and Canadian bacon, maple syrup, maple leaves, pancakes. I'm just saying random words now. What if the next game we play Jin for a part and we see him questioning his path and figuring things out, or even a custom character and see him questioning his path through a different view? 
I mean, maybe, maybe. I could, that's what I'm saying. I could see leaving him behind in the next game, right? I literally could. Like, he wouldn't be the central figure that you're playing as. People are like, well, that's not Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, it could be. You would call it Ghost of Tsushima Way of the Ghost or something like that, and you would become a ghost. You would become a ghost of Tsushima. The, the, being a ghost of Tsushima doesn't require you being Jin. Like the legend, think of it like the Dread Pirate Roberts in The Princess Bride. The monocle of ghosts just gets passed on and on and on, just like the moniker of you know the Dread Pri- Pirate Roberts just continues to get passed on. So he becomes immortal. He's a myth. He's a symbol. The idea that the ghost of Tsushima would be a symbol that just keeps getting passed on. Now that could be really cool because then what you could do is you could obviously leave Tsushima. You could leave that era of time. You could you could really start to span far reaches. Now people again might not want to do that because they'd be like, Ghost of Tsushima was such a great story. It was so contained. Let's not do that. That will really almost genericify the story and the symbol of being a ghost. But I'm telling you, you could do more with it than that. All right, let's get it. Let's get a new poll going. All right, all right. Ghost of Tsushima Two. Would you? Uh, let's see. Should should it be, or do you want it to be? Should it be? Um. I don't know how to phrase the question. Ghost of Tsushima Two. Is live service a good idea? Should it be live service? Would you like it to be live service? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like it to be live service? Yes or no? I just couldn't think of how to phrase the dadgum question. Ghost of Tsushima 2, would you like it to be... Uh, I'll, put, I'll put a live service game. I'll make it extremely clear what we're asking. Would you like it to be a live service game? Yes or no? Could it work as a live service? That's a great question. Could Assassin's Creed work as a live service? Because apparently Ubisoft thinks it can. Like, Ubisoft thinks that go, that, that Assassin's Creed can work as a live service game. Apparently. Right? So in my mind, this is how it would look. This is how it would look. You would create an assassin. You would create a ghost. Okay? Let's, let's parallel the games here because I think they are similar. You parallel, you parallel the games. You pick an assassin, you pick a ghost, and you, you, you make you, you design your character, you make your character look the way that you want, male and female, skin tone, all of that. Well, it'd have to be skin tone within reason in Ghost of Tsushima because you'd be from that, that area and that region of the world. So I would hope that they would be like, well, no, you need, you need to make your character... Your character's going to look Japanese. You can pick a, you know, a male or a female. You can maybe adjust hair length and facial features, but you're still going to look Japanese. I would really hope that nobody would have a problem with that, okay? Because <laughs> that would be kind of weird if that weren't the case. So, uh, Assassin's Creed, you'd probably have limitless freedom on making your character and what you look like, because that probably doesn't matter, unless, of course, Assassin's Creed Infinity is placed during a certain place in time, which it doesn't sound like it would be since they're naming it Infinity, okay? So, when you, when you set it up in that way, you would then go and grow your character in that world, and they would have public events, live events, you know, missions and quests, side quests. You would basically play it the same way you do now. However, it would be quasi-shared shared world, completely, completely co-op, right? You could play anything co-op. And think about what they practiced in Ghost of Tsushima Legends gameplay. What were they practicing? What were they building? 
And what do they just add recently? Like raids or something? Have those even been added yet? I might have missed that. We haven't been able to do a lot of gameplay recently because so many things were going on. But they basically are adding like end game PvE multiplayer content. That's what Legends essentially is. Is you taking the game of Ghost of Tsushima and playing as your own assassin or your own ghost. Think about what you do when you play Ghost of Tsushima Legends. You're not Jin, you are you? You're like a different you're like a different person. You're just a random samurai with abilities and perks and different things. And and beyond that, beyond that, you're you're also you're also doing what amounts to end end game PvE content. Is Legends not their live service already? I have continued to say that Ghost of Tsushima Legends was them testing out for live service. I think they had this idea of like, I think we can do more with this. Let's test it out. And they came up with Legends. And that's that to me is, is I don't think you're just going to be like, here's Ghost of Tsushima 2, and then that's the end of it. That Ghost of Tsushima 2, and then it's just a story, and then Legends is like on the side. I don't think so. Every game you're naming is multiplayer, though. Ghost is single player. Legends is different in totality. Are you sure about that? You really feel that Legends is completely different? You're fighting a lot of the same enemies. You're fighting those enemies in what amounts to endgame encounters. Really challenging encounters. They're almost like mini raids, mini missions, mini strikes of a sort. And you're going in and you're... You're playing with your buds and you're, you know, you're progressing through and it gets harder and harder. Some of it's kind of horde mode. Some of it's kind of like raids. It, it 100% feels like capstone PVE contents to me. Hey, you spent all this time getting really, really strong. Now come and run these missions and you get better loot and you get stronger and you have new things you can do. You have a build. You have things that are changing according to the things that you find. You have things that are changing according to the tier level of the loot that you find, of the gear that you find. All of that sounds like a live service game to me. That all feels like live service. I feel live service will ruin it. I want you to imagine a bridge between Ghost of Tsushima and Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Imagine if those two games kind of intertwined for the sequel and it was a complete package as opposed to being so juxtaposed and separate. Because I don't think they need to be separate. I think the two can be... The two can... Instead of coexisting, I believe they can have a symbiotic relationship and come together. I agree that Legends was a test, but in no way do I believe that they will not make a standalone game. People would riot as it was a very popular game and Jin's a very popular character. So you think he's so popular they would just do another one. See, I'm of a different opinion. If you just do another one and he's just like going to new regions and just doing more killing and stuff, I don't think that's a good treatment of his character. I think he did what he was supposed to do. He liberated the island. He ends up fighting his uncle at the end and that's it. That's all he need. You, I don't. I actually don't like the idea of him continuing to do anything. I think it's time for him to put the sword down. Now, what could be amazing is they could do something with that in let in the next game where he does have to take up the sword again, and he and he doesn't want to. But the un the unwilling, you know, hero is is kind of a, a, a cliche story. I mean, that was Jack Bauer every season. I want out. I'll come back this one more time, you know, and he's like living in a dumpster and they're like, Jack, we need you to help us. 
It's season seven. He's like, all right, fine. You know? Could you play it without an internet connection? That I don't know. Because it, 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 if it was like a quasi-open world connected thing, you, you might need to periodically connect, you know? If you, well, if you want to play with your buddies. If you never want to play with your buddies, maybe not. You said you like the story in the first game, but you think they can't write another story? I like the story because it's a complete and perfect story. It would feel incredibly generic to be like, Jin did everything he was supposed to do all the way down to facing his uncle, and now it's time for him to set out on the horizon and go kill more people. No, the... The, the whole the whole point is yeah how many times can your daughter get kidnapped that's right the whole point is is that why would he go out and do that why would he leave the island of Tsushima now he goes to Ikishima sure for the for that like expansion but I gotta be honest with you even that felt just like a game it just felt like a video game it didn't feel like some epic story it didn't feel like a continuation of Jin's character it was like oh it's time to go do more missions and talk to more NPCs but how can you say that you don't know what the story will be you're writing a story in your head that does not exist yet you'd have to create okay it, this is this is basic story writing fuzzy i'm not presuming what the story will be this is basic story writing 101 if you have a protagonist you need there to be an imperative for action What's the imperative for action if he's liberated the island of Tsushima from the Mongols? He helps out Ikishima. Does he basically, is he basically just a mercenary for hire at that point? And people come to him and they're like, can you come help our island? Can you come help our region? So again, I think that cheapens the character. Now, instead of like doing what's necessary for his people and his friends and his family, he's just traveling around killing people. That's not as... I I don't think you can take him out of Tsushima without cheapening the character. I can't see a road there. I I don't see it. I love his character and his story arc and the character arc interwoven with other character arcs. It's so beautiful. And for him to just go somewhere else and be completely disconnected from all the people there. He was connected to everybody he interacted with. Every single person that he helped every single person that he was trying to win over to his side he has this deep-seated connection with and you're just going to rip him out of that in the next thing the only way you don't do that is with a prequel or you just completely wreck the whole island legend sucks it's actually pretty popular if you're getting a main thread in the first game the mongols want to take the mainland Right, so they would call on him to say, we need you to stand against the Mongols. They're, they're, they're trying to take the mainland. This is just one island. You did this, but now there's a greater calling. Again, this is why I think it would be way cooler for Jin to say, I, I, am, I am too old for that. I am, I'm putting the sword down. I will train more ghosts to go and do that. And then we would go and do that as a ghost as opposed to being Jin savior of the world it would be like no the way of the ghost is how we save the world we need more people like Jin. that's to me is just a more logical next step 
is that he if he is truly abandoning the way of the samurai then he would start training people to be like him because he sees it as, as a superior way of life and survival and fighting against the mongols hear me out at the end of the game his uncle informs him that the emperor had become aware of Jin's exploits perhaps Jin becomes outlawed by the samurai or he moves on to genghis khan well the the he says that he's he's an outcast he says it he basically is ordered to kill him his uncle is ordered to kill him it's it's it, uh it, um the show is it the shogun what's he say oh frick he mentions the organization and he basically is like yeah i have to kill you they you're an outcast you're done the, the, the rule came down from the top basically that you're out and so you have to fight him you have to fight and kill your uncle basically and he wants you to I think I think he either I don't think he wants to kill you in the end I think he wants you to kill him he's done he's like I don't want I don't want to be a part of this this is terrible Ghost of Tsushima is going to be like God of War Jin just going place to place, filing different warlords around the world, oh, killing different war- warlords around the world. He's been banned from the samurai. Now he's being hunted and has to leave the island. You know, Spike, you may have just helped Fuzzy's case. You may have just helped Fuzzy's case because that would be the storyline, right? Like, yeah, he can't stay on the island. He's got to go run and hide, and so he has to leave Tsushima and in leaving Tsushima, it would be he, he you you know you would take him to where these other Mongols are, and he would basically he would basically feel like his mission now is to wipe out the Mongols because they took everything from him. They basically took his uncle from him. Whether or not you kill him or not, you basically no longer have him as a an adopted father or an uncle. You are now dead to him, and he is dead to you. Well, you're dead to him, and he's gonna have to leave the island of Tsushima. Now, I don't know if that jives with Ikishima, because the story of Ikishima, you're like basically they seek you out and then you go down there, right? I'm fuzzy on it. I played it very minimally because we couldn't play it on stream. We had just we would pull terrible numbers anytime I tried to play that game. It was very self-indulgent. So I've actually never finished it. I've actually beaten the entire I beat the entire game. I cleared the entire island. I need to go back because after you beat the game, there's like all these outposts that crop up. So Ghost of Tsushima sadly just never got featured for very long on the channel because we had to really really divert to the talk show I actually want to play through the entire game with the black and white film filter on and do it on lethal I think that would be an amazing uh, playthrough but I'm just I'm not known this this channel hasn't grown with gameplay per se it has here and there through spurts like yesterday's fall guy stream was stellar right now, who's to say a lot of the people that subscribe during that stream have no interest in a talk show and they'll come back throughout this week and they'll unsub <laughs> like they'll be like this is not what I sub for I was subbing for a goofy you know Fall Guys stream we've already gotten some new subs this morning so if you are new to the channel I am a safe for work broadcaster a lot of people put me on in the background of their day like a gaming podcast I do multiple shows a day this is our first show of the day our second show will be me reacting to Alana Pierce she did a Q&A about Sonic Frontiers 
Oh boy, it's a doozy. Uh, we really like her. We think she's great. She's super charming. You should always subscribe to the people that we promote, talk about, and react to. So make sure you're subscribed to her channel. She does really good content. It's very She's very easy to listen to. She just covers gaming news and topics, and uh, you should check her out. We're going to be reacting to her video as our second show. We will be going over to Reforge Radio today. We actually do have enough gaming news to do that. That's our show where we go for gaming news rundowns. That's our channel that we kind of go to for the end of the day, just free for all, like tons of news, you know, kind of flying through it. Here we tend to stick to one topic. If you want to support the channel, hit subscribe, hit the bell button, smash the like button. Let's shoot for 200 likes. I always like to get 200 likes in the first hour and we only need 50 more. So thank you everybody who has already pressed the like button. My Zeppelin shirt comes from one of our sponsors, 80s Tees, and you can become a paying member. If you like Fall Guys, this Friday night, Community Game Night, don't forget, get in the Discord, guys. We want that to be a big turnout. Uh, she needs to do a Q&A on God of War. I know, come on. Come on, Alana. Well, she's probably completely locked up. She's also a writer for Santa Monica Studios, just a side gig, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to mention that and make people think like that's why we're we're covering uh, her coverage because we we are obviously very excited about God of War Ragnarok. I'll be traveling next week for the holiday and I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to totally screw us. They're going to do that state of play on Thursday and I'm going to be in Ohio. I'm going to be so angry. Not that we could do much with it unless there's an extended gameplay showcase, which they might do that, which we'll just have to break that down when we get back. So is Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut PS5 and PS4 really different, or PS4 also gets you PS5. There is, they, they are the same, but you can spend an extra $10 to get, like, the PS5 version. So you can always play a PS4 version of a game on your PS5. That's totally fine. But the PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cuts, it requires a $10 upgrade because you get a bunch of extra things that they went back and did and added that you can't get on that PS4 version. Right? I think you're over-theorizing. Legends is already their live service. They'll just update that if they want to make more content. I don't think I'm over-theorizing at all. I don't think so. You have to ask the question. Ask this question, Chris. Why on earth would a company like Sucker Punch and a game like Ghost of Tsushima invest in Legends, and not just invest in Legends, but evolve it, grow it, and add to it. Arguably, it got more additions as time went on than the main game. Like, the main game got the director's cut in Ikishima, sure, that's nice DLC, but all the time they spent on Legends, they could have spent on Tsushima and monetized it. They could have monetized all of that as a DLC or something, and they didn't. So, in my mind, when developers do something like that is because they're experimenting they're testing things out that I'm telling you right now Ghost of Tsushima Legends is an experiment it was them testing live service features loot features leveling features co-op features end game PvE features that's what that is why else would they build that you think they just had like a hankering for Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer no If your goal is to build an amazing single-player action-adventure game and you cook up legends, that came from somewhere. That came from somewhere. That was born out of something. That was somebody in a think tank. That was somebody in a meeting saying, 
I think we can do more with this game. I think we could do loot. I think we could do co-op. I think we could do end-game PvE content designed for multiple people. I think there's more to this game than just a single-player game. And that's where Legends was born out of. I don't think they just were like, oh no, yeah, we always wanted to do a single-player action-adventure game and a total side-piece multiplayer thing. Do you think Gorilla will make something like Legends for Horizon? They certainly could. They certainly could. However, they kill one of the characters that I thought they were going to let you play as. So I'm not going to spoil who dies, but somebody dies in Forbidden West. And I thought they were going to let you play as as some of the characters that you were interacting with. You could still play as some of the characters. It would still work even though one of them's dead at the end. You're, you're not remembering that the Legends mode is a lot more supernatural. Just like they made a separate game for Infamous and was all about vampires, they made Legends for that supernatural itch. Yeah, but you're, you're presuming that that's why they did it. Maybe they made it supernatural because they wanted to have an excuse for it. So it wasn't like taking place in like the real lore of the game. It's like an offshoot fantasy. They needed like an excuse. Like you're not running around as Jin. You're also forgetting that there was plenty of supernatural stuff in Ikishima. Did you play Ikishima? There was a lot of supernatural, like drug-induced hallucinations and like demon, demonic kind of expressions of stuff like that. There was a very similar vibe in uh, in, in in Ikishima. Uh, do you think Gorilla? Da, da, da. All this should be from the start when we buy the game, says Lee Eaton. I'm not sure what you mean. Look at Factions with Naughty Dog. They made a single-player campaign, and now they're making a standalone game for Factions. Okay, well, there's another road here that they could certainly go on, okay? Naraka Blade Point would be evidence that this is possible. What's good? Did I say good morning? Good morning, Zubair. I saw his name and, like, said it in my brain, but I might not have said it out loud. There's another path here. They could decide to take... Ghost of Tsushima Legends down the pathway of Naraka Blade Point. They could do a completely separate samurai battle royale, or not battle royale, it would be maybe a more expanded version of Legends that's bigger and more grand and online, and maybe there is a social hub. Maybe it is more of an expanded upon live service Tsushima experience, and then Ghost of Tsushima 2, the Ghost of Tsushima sequel, just ends up being, a com- again, a completely separate thing. I- I'm not going to say that they're not doing that. I'm not going to say, oh no, they'll never do that, that's ridiculous. That certainly is possible. I'm not shooting down ideas as if they're not going to happen. I am theorizing that when I look at everything they did, when I look at Legends and I analyze the content... And I look at how they structured it. I look at how they evolved it and how they added to it. And then they sold it separately for $20 because I think they wanted more blood in the water. They wanted more people. The main reason you would sell it separately for $20 is you want more people in there. It's like, listen, you don't have to buy the entire game of Ghost of Tsushima. If you want to play Legends with your buddies, if you want to get into this multiplayer action, it's $20, right? That's because they wanted more people. They wanted more data. They wanted more research. When a game company does something like that, it's because they want more bodies, right? They're like, well, number one, let's monetize this because we made it totally free for people that played the game. So let's make some money on it. Number two, let's get some more bodies in here. Let's let's figure out what you know how people are going uh, to play this. And when I looked at that, I thought, 
Man, could you imagine if they took everything they learned in Legends, everything they built in Legends, and they combined that with Tsushima into a fully robust, you know, action adventure live service game? And then the Assassin's then the Assassin's Creed Infinity announcement happened, and I said, "Here we go. Here we go. There are going to be there's going to be a new wave of games like that. I think that's what I think." I think when you look at the size of games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and you look at that map, I think a lot of developers started saying, what are we doing? We spend four years, sometimes five years building a game, building a world, building this map, and then we do a handful of DLCs, you know, two maybe, and then we walk away from the game and we got time to start all the way over again, right? Time to build a whole new world. Time to build a whole new storyline and this and that and the other. I think a lot of companies are saying, that map is enormous. Why wouldn't we let people live in that map and that world for three to five years? We worked on the game for three to five years. Gemini Frick, why don't we get three to five years of activity out of it? So, if you don't think like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is influencing the market, if you don't think it is, then just you're just gonna have to watch and 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 see the results. I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is influencing the market. I think it influenced Tsushima. I think it influenced how they treated Legends. I think it's influencing how future action adventure games will be designed. Not all, not all, but some. Live service is that way, though. I'm not sure what you mean. Sucker Punch likes to do separate DLCs, so maybe we're overthinking this like Infamous Second Son had First Light. But what are you what are you talking about? They did a separate DLC. They did the Ghost of Ikishima. It's a whole new it's a, it's a whole DLC you can go and do. Tsushima came out first. I didn't say that it influenced Tsushima. I said it influenced Legends. I think what they started doing with Valhalla influenced what they did with Legends. I think they started saying, we can expand on this more. This is a playground we can do more in. We can add to this quicker. We can add to this in an easier way. Oh, in what way? Live service in what way, though? In what way? Oh, 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 you're asking me. Okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Live service in what way? It would be like a shared world. Think about how they think about how they do it in Destiny, right? You have a social hub where people are running around. You have uh, strikes, you have public areas, and you have raids and really hard strikes that you can all run with other people. Think about what Ghost of Tsushima Legends does, and then imagine that fully evolved and fully orbed in a giant open world. You're going through. And you're doing stuff on your own. You got missions, you got quests, you got bounties, you got things you're doing. There's people running around, there's social hubs, there's towns. You can team up with your buds and you can do something a little bit harder. You'd still have the duels. You'd still have that great single player content. You'd have things that you couldn't do with other people because the duels are a huge aspect of the game. You wouldn't want to lose that. But there'd be certain things that you would go and do and it would be designed for multiple people. Because when I look at Ghost of Tsushima Legends gameplay, it to me looks like end game PVE content. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, create your own samurai, exactly. Well, you'd be creating your own ghost because you'd be studying under Jin, 
That's how that's how they would reset your skill tree. That's how they would start you over fresh. You would be coming you would be studying the way of the ghost under Jin. So Jin would be teaching you the the hybrid middle ground between like we're, we we do we do have samurai influence, right? The way we handle a blade, our different stances, the way we use it with the way we use the katana, but we're also going to be doing things that the, the samurai rejected, which is stealth, you know, killing somebody when they're not even ready for it, you know, things like that. Assassinations are something that the samurai would not have stood for. It was dishonorable. Most people don't understand that Sony has already confirmed that they are committed to both single player and live service games. Sony is not going to compromise one for the other. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to start doing this for every single one of their games like, oh, well, the third God of War and the third Horizon game, they're all going to be live service. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are distinct markers and clues in Ghost of Tsushima Legends that to me points to more than just an offshoot game. Teaming up with friends to raid uh, a town and give multiple objectives while raiding and make a big raid type boss at the end would be awesome for Valhalla. Oh, for sure. You could have factions like Ghosts and Samurai and Mongols. I mean, maybe, maybe that would be crazy. Oh, if you could become a Mongol because of the way they fight and their armor sets and their their weapon sets, that would be kind of dope, actually. Just because they add some live service to single-player staples doesn't mean that more single-player won't happen. Yeah, I don't think that this is like a cannibalistic thing. Like, they're going to start cannibalizing all their franchises and turning them into live service. I just know Sony's interested in live service. I know that Ghost of Tsushima did not seem, of all the games that you would expect them to do an offshoot multiplayer thing with, a single-player third-person samurai game, really? Like, that, that just seems way out of left field. And it worked. Like, somebody at Sucker Punch sold that concept and said, we can do this. We can take samurai katana-based combat and we can do this in a multiplayer cooperative environment we can now you're not facing off against other players you're 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 doing stuff and they're doing stuff and you're each trying to affect each other's run so one wins and one loses so you're not you're not like dueling another player but somebody at sucker punch came up with the idea of ghost of tsushima legends and pitched it and they said well okay look give us proof of concept because if you would have told me when I saw initially Ghost of Tsushima coming out, if you'd have been like, oh, there's going to be this whole offshoot multiplayer thing where you can play with other people, and it's like mini raids, I'd have been like, what? How? Like, I would have, it would have been hard to believe. Like, that seems kind of strange, doesn't it? Like, why would, how, how and why would you do that in a samurai game? A samurai game was stealth. Because in the in the first initial trailer, he's doing he's doing a duel, he's doing uh, like m- you know melee based sword combat with a couple of ads, and then he jumps up on a roof and he's being all stealthy. How on earth would you do that with other people? Well, they did it. Just now playing Ghost on the new subscription service, it's great. It's such a good game train. Whether we wanted it or not, we stepped into a war with the Mongols <laughs> on Korea in Korea. Live service and gunplay. They want that gunplay no matter what they're working on. Sony purchased Bungie for a reason, and that's live service for sure. Yeah, yeah. They basically said, they all but said it in the announcement, and I I said it when I read it. I said, they're going after the live service tag. They want the technology. They want the technology, and they want the expertise. They all but confirmed this in in like a leaked, was that a leaked presser, or was that like an earnings call or something? 
there was something where they basically said they have plans for like this live service infrastructure that Bungie's going to help them build. So they didn't buy them for Destiny. They may have bought them for gunplay, but I don't know if heading into 2023 and beyond, anybody wants to use that Tiger engine. I just, I know they've updated it. I know they've done things. They continue to say it's not archaic, but I don't know, man. I, it just, it would be really weird with all the advancements in Unreal 5 to be like, hey, we really want that Tiger engine. Unless there's a secret sauce in that engine that just cannot be found anywhere else, I don't see it happening. So, right now, you think the add you think the gun plays an added bonus? Yeah, maybe. Right now, let's look at the poll. Ghost of Tsushima 2. Would you like it to be a live service game? It's about a 60-40 split, 58 to 42%. Vote in the poll at the top of the chat. If you just got here, we are covering the Ghost of Tsushima sequel. They are apparently Sucker Punch is hiring for all these different roles. I think it strongly hints that they are hiring and ramping up for Ghost of Tsushima 2. I am arguing that both Ghost of Tsushima Legends gameplay as well as the positions that they're hiring for, it's very likely that the next game ends up being live service. I have actually said this for quite a while. I feel like there's all these breadcrumbs and clues inside of Ghost of Tsushima Legends. That's why the poll is at the top of the chat. If you've never been here before, I am a safe for work broadcaster. You can subscribe in confidence. Uh, I'll be in your sub feed all week doing basically a video game podcast. So, do me a favor and smash that like button as well if you haven't done so already. We are extremely close to 200 likes. We like to hit those like milestones throughout the stream. We are trying to push to a, a stretch goal of 2,000 members. Uh, 2,000 members. And we will do a Star Wars Episode One watch party where my wife and I will watch it with you guys and commentate. You'll have to have a Disney Plus subscription in this Chrome extension because obviously we can't stream the freaking movie and you can't watch it for free. But... That's something that we'll do. It's a huge stretch goal. I didn't think we'd be close. We're really close to 1,700 right now. We're like 12 members away from 1,700 or something crazy. So, it's how the Mongols invaded Japan in the first place. They took off on ships from Busan, South Korea. They took control of that country, by the way, in case you didn't know. Oh, really? So they could. we could end up in Korea. I know it won't happen, but Bungie can help Sucker Punch with live service Ghost. Sucker Punch could help Bungie with a single-player Cade 6 origin story. Probably not. Calling it now, Ghost of Tsushima 2 will be single-player, and Legends will be its own standalone game, and that is the live service. Now, here's, here's why I'll take that, Corey. I'll take that. Because I was close, right? I was close. I, I like, Legends is, is, like, so... It just feels like the beginning of something, doesn't it? It's like there's something else here. You guys have bigger plans than just this. So I'd be close. I wouldn't say, oh, I was right, guys. I'd be like, ah, dadgummit, I was really close to a bullseye. They are building a fully orbed live service game, and it's Legends. Right? I also think there's the other possibility that they look at Legends and the success in the infrastructure, and they say... That'd make a great backbone to a really huge live service open world game, and that seems to be something that people are starting to do. What do game companies do, right? They look at trends, they look at the market, and they say, hey, that's where things are going, let's do that. It happened with Battle Royale to many games' peril. Okay, to many games' peril. It happened with Arena Shooters to many games' peril. But they may be looking at the landscape and saying, listen, listen, you got to bring these two worlds together. You can do it. 
because the base combat works. The base combat can be enhanced by loot, levels of loot and abilities. They've learned all of that in Legends. That to me feels like the skeletal structure of an open world action adventure live service game. Your I I think your prediction is about is is it's probably more likely than mine. It's probably more likely than mine because it would be easier for them to do. It would be significantly easier for them to already be working on the next game of Tsushima because they've got the pieces, the parts, the assets, and the world. And they learned a lot when they upgraded everything for the PS5. They learned a lot so they could really enhance the game for PS5. So they could already be laying down the scaffolding and the skeletal structure and the foundation for the next Ghost of Tsushima. Same with the team that works on Legends. I, I think your your prediction's probably more likely than mine because it's easier. It's more it's more sensible. But I just have this feeling. It's like a it's like a spidey sense. It's like no. They have bigger plans for this franchise. They have bigger plans than just to do another another Tsushima and another Legends. I just don't think they'll push Legends aside for another live service in the same franchise. They'll just update Legends as it goes on. Now that I don't agree with, I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, my loney sense. I don't I don't think I don't think they'll do that, Chris. I think they have plenty of reasons to take Legends up a notch and to say, no, 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 no. We're, we're not just going to keep updating Legends. We're going to do another one, you know? I don't, and that, and see, here's where you get into the, the, the dilemma of branding. Like, do you, what do you call it? Ghost of Tsushima 2 and Ghost of Tsushima Legends 2? Like, how does that work? It makes more sense to take the two, combine them into one product, and spit that out in a couple of years. Probably four or five years. Ghost of Tsushima is the most overrated open world game I've played. Terrible stealth combat animations, boring side missions, terrible facial animations, and non-main characters and bland building interiors. I've never read something that feels more inaccurate than, than what I just read. I've, I've never read something that just feels so inherently inaccurate. It feels like bait. Legends was great, but I do not want a live service main game. If it goes that way, I'm out, in fact. You wouldn't even try it. You wouldn't even give it a whirl. You'd be like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. He really went for the worst take of the years. Hats off. Yeah, man. Bland building interiors. Yeah. Yeah, all these little shacks and huts and and rustic villages, you know? The building interiors were just so bland as they were accurately depicted for where they were. You know what I mean? It would be like saying, be like playing some caveman game and being like, there was just a lot of caves, you know? There wasn't a... There, there wasn't enough... There wasn't enough infrastructure in buildings. It just it felt kind of bland. There were lots of rocks and dirt, you know? It's a caveman game. What are you talking about? It's, it's like Mo- Mongol War Tsushima Island era of time. And you're like, yeah, the buildings were kind of bland, you know? All these friggin' poor people living in huts and... <laughs> I, it really would have landed the plane of the bad take if he would have been like, and all the people look the same. Like, that would have really completed the ignorant statement if he would have said that. If he would have gone all the way full. He fell just short of going full, you know. It was right there. It was super close to being 100% full. They were pretty bland. No farmhouse sinks. No granite countertops. It was so outdated. 
<laughs> I just couldn't identify with the designs. There it is. There it is. There's the callback. You couldn't identify with the designs. Ghost of Tsushima was not diverse enough. There it is. <laughs> Maybe I didn't word that very well. Kyle, I've never met anybody who was super negative about the game. I've never met anybody who was super negative. I've met people that didn't feel like it was cuz I feel it was game of the uh, I feel it was game of the year worthy. It was a brand new IP. They introduced really really cool new open world features. The winds to guide you was an especially nice touch. The little the little ways that you could like increase your power with the bamboo and the meditation and the haikus. It was artistically when mechanics are artistically infused, that should be praised. The way that they did that with Ghost of Tsushima was beautiful. Like, meditating and forming high cues, the, the, the chopping of the bamboo, the, the, the searching of the foxes, and then the, 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 you know, having to scaffold these, these like, almost like puzzle. They were almost like platformer puzzles things. I loved it. I felt it was, the, it was such a good blend of game mechanics infused with art to where I, I didn't... I, there were times where you felt like you were playing a video game, but many times I really felt that it was that the video game mechanics were nice. They were so good and under the surface. They were the undercurrent. They weren't the primary thing. And that's why I thought this game was absolutely beautiful. Now, if you thought the side missions were boring and like the characters were bland or boring or whatever, I don't know what the frick game you played. I really don't. I just I just don't get that at all. I thought the characters were amazing. You had Ishikawa, he was my favorite character. The guy with the bow who's looking for to, uh Tomo the whole time. I I love that storyline. I thought that was dope. You had the priest, you had the two women, you had the one who was just absolutely on a vengeance kick for her family. You could see it slowly consuming her. Her transformation throughout the game was wonderful. Then you had the older woman that like you actually have to fight but then you you know you spare her and then she feels great shame just absolutely wonderful the way they set it all up i i don't think i've ever heard anybody pinpoint those things as like weak points it's no wonder people are afraid of live service games most of them don't have the best reputation it would be a pity to ruin another good franchise like tsushima so when you think of bad live service games what are the ones that you think of I genuinely, I, I think of the ones that are perfectly fine and good and, and have and have healthy player bases and happy and happy gamers. The monk was great. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, the monk. Sorry, not the priest. Maybe you need to go back and play it on PS5. I mean, I'll tell you this right now, Kyle. When you played at the highest possible graphical fidelity, it it makes a difference. Homie, the duel with your straw hat friend. Oh my gosh, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Oh, it's so good. He's such a good character. I, I wear his hat like most of the game. I love it. It's it's just a good vibe to wear that for like the rest of the time. Which ones are those exactly? The ones that get it right? I listed them earlier. Diablo 3, Path of Exile, No Man's Sky, Destiny 2... The Division 2 is getting there. Like, I, Elder Scrolls Online. There's plenty of games that are doing live service. Perfectly like Fortnite. Fortnite's a perfectly good live service game. Extremely successful. 
like good monetization practices nothing weird in it yeah see if see if thieves is good but i don't know how successful we can say see if thieves is because that player base numbers never look good i don't they brag about their player base numbers and i'm like i don't see any evidence of that i don't see it evidenced on xbox when they rank their most popular games and i don't see it on the steam charts either yeah final fantasy Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 14. I forgot the the granddaddy of them all, the, the the game that proved you could you could redeem your live service game. These are all perfectly fine games. Where are all the really bad ones? Is the real question. Where are the really truly awful live service games? I'm genuinely curious. My list. Listen, I think mine's longer than yours. <laughs> I think my list is longer than yours. I don't. Can you list a ton of terrible live service games without literally listing like seven sports games? I think you're gonna have to list terrible sports games, and then and then and then and then that's it. Like that's all you got is a bunch of bad sports games. New World. New World is. New World was perfectly fine for a while. I, yeah, I'll give you New World. New World needs to have a big turning point. Their end game design was pretty poor. Their early game was wonderful. And if they gave people PvE servers, I think there are people that would be happier than a pig and slop to play that game for forever. Anthem? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anthem failed miserably. Avengers? Sure. Battlefield 2042? Okay. Okay, your list isn't that bad. Your list isn't that bad. Battlefield 2042, it's pretty bad. Avengers, pretty bad. Anthem, pretty bad. Okay. Okay. Black Desert Online. I can't comment on Black Desert Online. Is that game in bad shape? I feel like people talk highly of that. Speak highly of Black Desert Online. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody bash BDO. All the BRs that didn't make it. Okay, here's the thing though, Robert. Here's the thing. Actually, I'm going to push back on some of what you guys are saying, okay? I'm going to push back on some of what you're saying. Because I actually think you just gave a bunch of examples that don't support your argument. Oh gosh, I love when stuff like this lines up. Oh, you guys should be scared. You guys should be very scared because you're about to have your argument shredded, okay? I'm, I'm, being, I'm being cheeky. However, I really do think you just made your argument weak. And here's how. The fear over live service is about them doing a bunch of bad, scummy, or stupid things, and it quote-unquote ruins the game. That's what everybody was saying this morning. Live service games are scummy, or the microtransactions, or this or that or the other, and it ruins the game, okay? Anthem was not ruined by live service. Battlefield 2042 was not ruined by live service. You're conceding the argument by showing these were just bad games. It had nothing to do with live service. Now, I'll give you Avengers. I'll give you Avengers. Avengers is one of the clearest cases that if they would have just designed a super dope game and stayed away from live service, it'd have been fine. It'd have been fine. But that's the problem is you can't use those games as evidence that like live service ruins games because Anthem if it would have had an endgame, would have been a perfectly great live service game. It would have been perfectly fine. Battlefield 2042 isn't bad because it's live service. It's bad because it's bad. It's literally a terrible game. It's terrible. 
You see, you have to diagnose each individual game as to why it's bad, and the only one I'll grant you is Avengers. New World isn't bad because it's live service. It's an MMO. It lacks endgame or, or poor endgame structure. So you can't just be like, oh, dude, live service could come in and ruin games. Why? Well, New World, Battlefield 2042, Anthem, Avengers. Okay, one of those games was arguably, you could maybe make the case it was ruined by live service, but like New World and Anthem and Battlefield 2042, they weren't ruined by live service. Battlefield 2042 is literally meant to be live service. Battlefield's not live service? Sure it is. An ongoing game with seasons, additional characters, and additional monetizations on a rhythmic structure of update, addition, evolution, innovation, and ongoing structure to the game? Battlefield 2042 is 100% a live service game. Diablo Immortal is terrible live service? Diablo Immortal is is actually a very good live service game. It's a great live service game. It's just got horrible monetization. You have to look, you, you have to say, that you, you have to criticize the right things. Live service is terrible and greedy. Empty platitude that means nothing. Make an argument. That's just an empty platitude. Live service is terrible and greedy. So Diablo 3 is terrible and greedy. Fortnite's terrible and greedy. Path of Exile's terrible and greedy. No Man's Sky's terrible and greedy. Destiny 2's terrible and greedy. These games are all just terrible and greedy. They're ongoing and they're supported and there's seasonal things to purchase. Get the, come on. You can't substantiate that argument. I agree with you, Lona, that live service doesn't have to be bad, but I bet that each of these good games people have a lot of nasty things to say about microtransactions, no counter update, oh, no content update, for example. Diablo Immortal is a fantastic, is an absolutely fantastic live service game. It is. And Diablo 4 will likely be a fantastic live service game. What makes Diablo Immortal bad is the monetization structure. It's not bad because of the live service. It's a shared world mobile MMO sort of AARPG. Like, it's a fantastic little game. Little might be the wrong word to use. I can name one. I can name one without microtransactions. So microtransactions are automatically greedy. Again, an unsubstantiated broad platitude. You can't say that microtransactions are just greedy. So you equate microtransactions with greed. That's an unsubstantiated claim. It's just a platitude. There's no way to substantiate that. Plenty of these games do microtransactions perfectly fine and well and good, and it supports the game ongoing so you can keep playing it. If they didn't have microtransactions, you'd have nothing to play because they wouldn't be able to continue doing what they do. They would shut down. Well, microtransactions are greedy. We don't want to be greedy. Shut the lights off, Ted. Good job, everybody. Severance packages will be in the mail. Like, you're being intellectually dishonest. Those games were built around making money. Not a good game idea. False. Anthem was not built around making money. That's that's completely and utterly false. And that's not... What killed Anthem and what killed Battlefield was not that. That's why I said I'll give you Avengers. Avengers was structured poorly around live service and monetization and it ruined the game. I said that. I was like, I'll give you Avengers. That game was bad because of live service. But Diablo 3 is not built around making money. Well, actually, hang on a second. Let me let you in on a little secret. Let me let you in on a little secret. All games are built around making money. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. They're all... Everything is built around making money. 
You think they're making decisions about their games just because they like you? They're like, well, David's a swell guy. Let's make him a great game. That's all that matters, right? Every game is built around making money. You think these multi-million dollar budgets are just like, well, we, what, what, who cares about m- money and and margins and our 500 staff members and their health insurance and, you know, it's just, who cares about that? What's your argument, really? That's your argument? What do you mean that's my argument? That, t- this is what always happens. Let's let you're you're acting like my arguments weak. Let me show you how you haven't even made one. You haven't even made one. The platitude, the platitude of microtransactions and or live service games are just about greed. They're just about making money. Okay? That's not an argument. That's just an empty platitude because you're not showing meticulously as an example. Josh Strife Hayes meticulously shows how Diablo Immortal is structured around making money to the point that it disrupts gameplay. Okay, it's a it's a beautiful video. It's wonderful. We reacted to it yesterday. It's fantastic. Make sure and check out the VOD. You're not doing that. So if you, if you want to look at Diablo 3, Path of Exile, Elder Scrolls Online, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Destiny 2, No Man's Sky, any successful live service game, you would need to look at each individual one and substantiate your claim that these games are just built around making money and they're greedy. And you will fail to make a compelling case. You will fail. They are perfectly fine, successful, and good and well-designed live service games. Live service games are not the devil. They're not. Of course, people need to get paid to work. Right. And that's why big budget games with gigantic worlds and maps are starting to consider this game should keep going. This game should keep going. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a great example. I want you to compare Assassin's Creed Valhalla to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Big, giant, amazing, huge, overly dense games. Arguably probably too dense. Okay, And one game they say Let's just keep going. The world is built. The mechanics are there. Let's just keep going. And they'd go and they turn Valhalla into a live service game to create a testing ground foundational skeletal structure for the next game, which will be Assassin's Creed Infinity. Let's just agree to disagree. You love live service games. I don't. No need to throw immature insults here. What do you mean immature insult? You throughout a platitude that's empty and unsubstantiated. I'm asking you to substantiate your claims. If you can't do that, you've done nothing but throw a bumper sticker in chat. I don't do that. I don't just let broad, unsubstantiated claims just run willy-nilly. This isn't Twitter. This isn't Twitter. You know? We don't do that here. If you're going to be like, live service games are just greedy or microtransactions are just greedy okay that's a that's an opinion can you substantiate it can you show how this is ruining the games that we're talking about microtransactions in single player games is ridiculous see again just another platitude why why are microtransactions in single player games ridiculous why what's the problem with that it's like when people say a full price game should never have microtransactions why According to who? Why not? What's the problem with that? Why is it inherently bad or wrong? 
I did substantiate it. I told you my effing opinion. I'm sorry that you fail to understand the basic concept of argumentation because telling me your opinion is not substantiating a claim, right? You sound like somebody who would say, testimony is evidence. Like, no. You can't just say, like if I just said, all battle royales are greedy, predatory pieces of garbage. And someone said, substantiate your claim. I just did. No, no, you didn't. You just expressed your opinion. Like, I could say that about battle royales. I would be provably and demonstrably wrong. You could prove and demonstrate that I'm incorrect. You'd be like, there's no predatory anything in Fortnite, Apex, or Call of Duty. What are you talking about? What is, huh? I did tell you why I thought after it. I wish I could click on your name and see chat logs because it's super hard when chat moves this fast. I will scroll up and try to find what you said. Uh, I can name one without microtransactions. Yes, microtransactions ruin the game because they center the focus gameplay completely around it. Again, that's an unsubstantiated claim. Microtransactions are not making the gameplay center around it in any of the live service games that I referenced. Destiny 2's microtransactions are purely cosmetic, and then you have a seasonal battle pass. Gameplay does not focus or center around that micro-spending. The same could be said for No Man's Sky, the same could be said for Path of Exile, Diablo 3, Division 2, any of these successful live service games, Final Fantasy 14. The gameplay does not center around the microtransactions. Your claim is false. You can, it can be proven false. It's a falsifiable position, and it's falsifiable by just looking at the games we're talking about. They don't center the gameplay around the microtransactions. And then, let's look at the, the examples that people threw out. People threw out Anthem. People threw out Battlefield 2042. Neither of those games had their gameplay centering around microtransactions. They were just bad games. Well, Anthem wasn't necessarily bad. Anthem had a terrible endgame. But, like, Battle 40, Battlefield 2042 is a glitch-riddled broken mess. That has nothing to do with microtransactions. You all turn on me immediately... For it, I'm not going to type all that again. I went up. I went up and read what you claimed. You made uh, you subso- you you substantiated a broad claim with another broad claim. Live service games do ruin games. They are scummy. Name one with no microtransactions. You're substantiating your claim by saying that microtransactions are scummy. So you say the games are greedy. Why? Microtransactions. Why? Well, microtransactions are scummy. Why? You say microtransactions ruin the game because they center the game's focus completely around it. You haven't substantiated that claim. Diablo 3 is not live service game. You can play that game offline. I don't think you understand what live service is because Diablo 3 is 100% a live service game. Live service game doesn't mean that there's no offline mode. You love live service. That's blanking fine. I don't. So blank off. I can tell you got gifted a membership because a person wouldn't spend money to support my channel and have this attitude and demeanor when their opinion is pressed upon. I know it's difficult to be disagreed with. I know it's hard to type as fast as I talk. That makes it completely unfair. But I went back and I read all of your statements and they don't do anything to substantiate your claim. And now you're just swearing at me. Like, you've 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 never you've never been here before for any substantial amount of time if you thought your line of reasoning and argumentation was going to get a foot off the ground 
All the games you listed as good either launched terribly or didn't launch as live service. Okay, Chris. So, that's not true of the Elder Scrolls Online. It's in the name. Uh, No Man's Sky did it launch live service. I mean, I would say literally once they did their second update, it was a live service game. Right? They were just constantly updating it for free and improving the game. At that point, it's an ongoing game that's being supported and updated. It, they're not doing... Those were not patches for bugs. They were literally adding content. So that second second update, it's a live service game as soon as that happens. Diablo 3? No, it launches a live service game. And it launched in a terrible state, not because of live service, but because of the auction house. Again, you have to look at each individual case. If you're going to try to substantiate your claim that live service is bad for gaming, you would need to look at the games and show proof that, look, yeah, look, live service ruined that game. Launch terribly or live service. Okay, but they didn't launch terribly because of live service is the point that I'm making. I play Diablo 3 on the Switch offline at work. It's not live service, man. That doesn't prove that it's not live service. It's an ongoing game that gets seasonal updates. There's micro spending, and there is the ability to play online with other people. Your choice to play offline doesn't change the game's game type. Diablo 3 didn't launch as a live service. Having DLC doesn't ha- doesn't make it a live service. It's an ongoing game that you can play online with people. It, with with the ability for that game to make ongoing income, that's a live service game. You're being dis- intellectually dishonest. I'm not being intellectually dishonest. I mean, if you want to throw around insults, substantiate the claim. I know it's tough. I really, really know it's tough to throw out platitudes and not have them accepted wholesale. Again, this isn't Twitter. No Man's Sky didn't charge money for updates. That doesn't mean it's not a live service game. No Man's Sky was an ongoing, evolving game that changed and you could continue to play it and enjoy those changes and updates. That's a live service game. Just because they're not charging for those updates doesn't mean it's not live service. Just because you can play Diablo 3 offline doesn't mean it's not live service. Some of you are entering into a debate and you don't even understand the basic terms of the debate. You aren't reading all the comments? I'm doing the best I can. Maybe slow your roll before accusing somebody of being intellectually dishonest just because I'm not reading every single thing in chat when there's 340 people here and chat's moving at a pretty quick clip. What what did you say to substantiate that Battlefield 2042 switched to operatives to monetize skins? That affected gameplay in a bad way. Okay, David. David. Do you think the fundamental failings of Battlefield 2042 is that? Or do you think it's because it's a glitch-riddled, busted, broken mess? Which do you think is the primary cause for Battlefield 2042's failings? That it launched completely half-baked and not ready to launch? Or because of the way that they charge money for the operatives? Which, Which do you think? You, you honestly think that Battlefield 2042 is in tatters on the ground with a skeleton crew supporting it because of the operatives and because they went to like a live service seasonal model? You think that's what sunk the ship? Again, your diagnosis doesn't make any sense. Classes was the linchpin. It's a glitch-riddled, broken, unplayable mess. That's why it failed. No, nobody's putting down Battlefield because of the monetization of the operatives. That's not why people abandon that game wholesale. 
Are you kidding me? Do you know that the garden variety gamer, your average gamer, doesn't have a freaking clue or strong opinion about any of this? They stopped playing Battlefield because it's a terrible game. The game's in tatters. The, the lion's share of the community doesn't even know what you're talking about. They'd be like, operatives? Huh? That's that's out on the horizon. That's not even here yet. They didn't even get to that point. That game wasn't sunk by live service. It is a literal busted broken game. That's why it failed. I think part of the argument is that because live service games are ongoing projects, the development of said games is ongoing as well, and it can lead to subpar launches. Yeah, Baba Yaga said something similar. Let's release one-fourth of the game and build the rest over several years while we charge people to build it. Again, an unsubstantiated platitude. Who's doing that? Who's, who's doing that? Like, who, who's, who's doing that? I'm not saying companies haven't done things like that, but I'm saying who's doing that? Who is making that their business model? Guys, it's fine. It's live service. How'd that work out for Battlefield 2042? You think that's going to be the ongoing strategy? How's it going for Halo Infinite? You think that's going to be the ongoing strategy? You think that's the new industry standard? That's your position? Is that, yeah, man, live service games are just going to start launching half-baked and then they'll just fix it later and people will support it and, you know, it'll be monetized. Really? How's that going for the games that did that? Is it going well? You think that's going to become the industry standard? You think other companies are going to copy that? Real crack squad strategy there. That's going great for those games as they sink into the ocean. People seem to be confusing live service and games as service, but they're almost interchangeable terms, Smashville. They're almost interchangeable terms. I don't think we need to get pedantic about those two. I think they're basically the same thing. Y'all distracted me from starting my coffee machine. I will have my revenge. This has been a good debate, by the way. Listen, listen, listen. Let's all take a breath. Let's all take a breath. I didn't even ban the people that swore at me. (laughs) Let's all take a breath. Okay? Okay disagreements fun and healthy so don't feel like you're being attacked I didn't insult anybody at least I don't think I did I tried my best not to insult anybody while I was kind of getting some swipes taken to me this is what we do here okay we keep it safe for work but we have fun we have debates they get spicy they get loud that's part of the show it makes for great television so if you're still here staying in the ring and disagreeing with me I actually respect that I have way more respect for people that just stick around and stay in the ring, right? I do. So even if you're disagreeing with me, you swore you're a former Marine. Apologies for that, homie. I like I've got to the point where I'm like, hey, whatever, you know, whatever. You like I'd rather be swore at than have someone question my integrity. Like when the guy said I was being intellectually honest, my hackles got more raised by that than you swearing at me. <laughs> I don't care if somebody swears at me, but if you're like you're being dishonest, I'm like, wait a minute, how? It's a good argument. I'm not one to back out of the ring. I have way more respect for somebody with a chin, for somebody with a chin, you know, than somebody that'll just get angry and storm out of the room. So it's all good. Every time I walk through the door, I expect to be mad at something. <laughs> I'm always attacked by you, Lono. Come on. Oh, shut up, Colin. Wait, did I just prove it true? Dang it. I fell into your trap card. You could argue that all live service games are games of service, but not all games of service are live service games. 
yes. And Graydon, when you make that distinction, I don't know how much that adds to the discussion. That's why I like I don't disagree with you, but I'm like, that doesn't change much of what we're talking about. Diablo 3 is live service now, not when it launched. My point is that good live services you listed either launched as live service and were terrible or became live service over time. Okay, hang on, 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 hang on. Okay, I'm going to grant your premise, Chris. I'm going to grant your premise, but then I'm going to say we need to look at what was the real reason they were terrible. Okay? They launched as live service and were terrible. Okay, let's look at the reasons they were terrible, and I guarantee you most of the time, not every time, but most of the time it won't be because of live service. Anthem. That's not why that game was terrible. Diablo 3. That has nothing to do with why it was terrible. No Man's Sky. Nope, that's not why it was terrible. It had nothing to do with live service. Now, you might say, well, No Man's Sky became live service. Okay, sure, it's more fully orb live service with the expeditions. So No Man's Sky might be my weakest example because it took a long time to get there. But still, the ongoing updates that they didn't charge money for, that made it a live service game. Like every three months, they were completely overhauling the entire dadgum game. They weren't bug squashing. They were literally adding to the game. That's live service. If every two to three months or every four months your game is getting a bunch of new stuff added into it, you can boot up the game and completely have a new experience, that's live service. They didn't charge money. David, that's not a requirement for live service, my friend. That's not a requirement. You're making it a requirement, but that's not a requirement for a game to be live service. No Man's Sky did charge money, by the way. Their monetization structure is abnormal. I'll grant you that, but that doesn't mean it's not live service. Even to this day, they don't charge for any of the updates. They charge you to buy the full game. So if you want access to the latest expedition, if you want access to the latest update, you must buy the game. And and they do lots of sales and stuff. But that doesn't... Them not charging for the update doesn't suddenly mean, oh, it's not live service. It's like, no, it is. It has all the markings of a live service game. They're just not charging for the updates. A live service game is a game that sees a constant stream of new content post-launch and is purposely designed to keep you playing years after launch. I think that's a perfectly acceptable definition. That's the definition that most people are operating under. It's an ongoing game that gets content added to it. That's all you need for a game to be live service. Dude, really? Yes! Listen, I'm not sitting here trying to create my own definition. That's like the definition. You don't have to charge for the updates to be live service. The spirit of the term is it's a game that's continuing to be live serviced. It's live. It's getting service. It's getting added to, evolving, and getting you, you get to keep playing it. My argument isn't whether are live service or not. It's the point that games that were launched as live service, I can't think of a single one that launched in a good state. Okay. I don't know about the state of Elder Scrolls Online, Chris, because when I first played it, I thought it was perfectly fine. Okay. Let me push back by saying this. I think the evolution of a new idea is always rocky and terrible. It just is. Look at the evolution of Battle Royales. If you compare the optimization, the structure, and the, and the way that like H1Z1 and PUBG played and compare it to Fortnite and Apex and COD Warzone, you can see that, like, oh, those are really rough. They're kind of bad. I remember saying PUBG will only be king until something that's more optimized comes along. And Fortnite walked in the room and just tipped the table over. And it was like, 
Y'all heard of the Unreal Engine? We're the pappy of that. Let's let's rock. And they totally took over. That's all it took was a more optimized game. And it looked like a cartoon. And it didn't matter because it was more optimized. So live service games, yes, they, they have had a rough go of it. But I want you to consider what's happening. You now have archetypes of live service. You have Fortnite. You have Destiny 2. You have The Division 2. You have No Man's Sky. You have Diablo 3. You have Final Fantasy 14. You have all these wonderful archetypes to choose from that will influence the market going forward. So my argument doesn't need there to be this wonderful glowing history of live service. It's look where we've come. This will influence the industry going forward. Do you like do you think which is more likely? So do you think when Assassin's Creed Infinity launches, will it be structured in a good way or a terrible way? I would say it'll likely be structured in a pretty good way. Why? Well, because they experimented with Valhalla. They have all that data and experience. There's all these other games on the market to take inspiration from. They're not suddenly trying to do live service. They've actually been successfully doing live service with AC Valhalla. You have seasonal live service, you have battle pass live service, you have DLC live service, and you have in-game store, which unlocks single missions. All can be considered live service. Pick your poison. That's what I'm saying. We've gone through an evolution. I think sometimes people think I'm like the live service evangelist. Like, I want every game to be live service. And it's like, no, I'm telling you, this format's going forward because it's ma- it makes more sense to development companies. It makes more sense for margins. It makes more sense for the structure of your game when you invest five years into it. It just makes more sense. Your budgets are bigger. Your staff is bigger. Your games are bigger. Do, do we really need to go back and compare? Like, your average $60 action-adventure game, compare it to action-adventure games from 15 to 20 years ago. Just go back to early 2000s and start comparing size and scope of the games, the budgets, and the staff required to build them. It's not even comparable. Not even comparable. You're talking about you needed like 100, maybe 200 people to build a good action-adventure game 15, 20 years ago. Now a lot of these action-adventure games are built by four, 500 people or more. And so it's like the staff's bigger, the game's bigger, the project takes longer, the scope of the project's longer, you got more people involved, you got mocap, you got writers, you got you got you know actors, actual like movie-level actors doing your voice acting. All of that costs money. And they're like... How are we going to do that and still only charge $60 on the outset? Well, let's do ongoing ongoing service of the game with monetization. Because once the game's up and running... Listen, I watched Alana Pierce's video on Starfield. And she is in proximity to game development because she is one of the writers for God of War Ragnarok. And she said, the single hardest thing to do in development of video games is to do something new. She said it's the hardest thing to do because you don't know if you're going to be able to do it or not. She said it's far easier. She, she, did, she went in stages. She said if somebody else has done it, that makes it significantly easier to do because you can iterate on what they did. You can learn from their mistakes. You can benefit from their discoveries. The next way it's even more easier if you've done it before. And she said the single hardest thing to do is something new. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of these companies said... What are we doing? We, we, we built this entire game and world and there's all this stuff. Let's just keep building in there. It's so much faster. 
We can add content, missions, all kinds of things. We can do so much more and so much more efficiently if we just build in this world that we made. It's a logical, economical decision. It's That's why when I hear, oh, they're just being greedy and they're just, they're just trying to rip people off. I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's an economical decision. It's a sensible, logical, economical decision to say, we just spent five years on this game rather than sell it at 60 and one or two DLCs and then start all the way over. What? Let, let's, let's milk this. Let's get some capital. Let's let's get more out of our stuff. I will grant you Fortnite being good, but it launched 2017. Still regularly have live service disasters every year, even with Ford as an example. My contention is that live service has evolved into a very good state, and we have wonderful examples of ways to do it. Valhalla, No Man's Sky, Destiny 2, Diablo 3, Path of Exile, Elder Scrolls Online, Final Fantasy 14. These are all great examples of games that can do it. Now, some of you might be tuning in, you're like, what in the world? Ghost of Tsushima sequel, what does this have to do with live service? This argument was spurred by me saying, I, I actually think Ghost of Tsushima's next game will be live service. I had this theory before the jobs were posted, but the job postings... They're building their next project, and unless it includes Legends, the next game sounds like Ghost of Tsushima. Sounds like it's going to have multiplayer missions. Sounds like a live service game to me. Especially since most of the open world isn't used, and the maps are getting ridiculously large. Like No Man's Sky, what should they do? Randomly generate another 30 quintillion planets. Assassin's Creed gates progress behind microtransactions in a full-price single-player game. No, that's not true. Mm-mm. No. You can buy you can buy Assassin's Creed and play through the entire game and not spend a single extra dime and you have the entire sense of progress. They add on to that with other things that can be purchased. You're saying something that is false, David. You accused me earlier of being intellectually dishonest and I showed that I wasn't. Right now you're just saying something that is just blatantly false. That is not true. Like, your argument isn't just weak, it's suspect if you have to be dishonest. Now, I don't know if you're being willfully dishonest. Maybe you read something. Maybe your friend told you something. That's not true about Valhalla. That is not true. You, you, you There is no, like, oh, you want to keep playing? You want to keep progressing? Yeah, spend some money. That's not true. They don't do that in Valhalla buy that game right now off the shelf play through the whole thing and have a perfectly fine time AC Odyssey definitely gates fast progress behind XP boosters oh my gosh that's not at all what we're talking about and Odyssey's not a live service game that no I don't know if that's a substantial I don't even know if that can be substantiated that could be pure opinion I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if Odyssey had weird progression systems that motivated... I call that the art of the squeeze. I know games do this. They're like, hey, everything's going to bottleneck and slow down, but you can spend money and speed it up. I know games do this. They pit your your investment against you. I've not seen this ever claimed about Assassin's Creed. I've never seen this claim before. I played through the game and never felt XP progression was slow. Yeah, so this is a subjective opinion, not a fact. You're claiming that 
and that's just something that you feel or think or that's something that you experience but that's not that's not something you can demonstrate is true that they did like oh yeah here it is that's not true says swamp it's totally optional for the xp boost plenty of games sell xp boost like again you okay so i'm very very passionate about this for personal reasons when you're going to make a claim it needs to be substantiated with careful and meticulous evidence if the claim is scandalous to any degree so if you're going to claim that these games center the gameplay around microtransactions and that they slowed your progress down so that you had to buy xp boosters okay whoa that's that's kind of scandalous wow (laughs) that would be a little sinister that'd be a little insidious can you substantiate that do you have evidence you said they gated content if you didn't spend money okay can you substantiate any of these scandalous claims or is it just your opinion like they shouldn't be selling XP boosts why would would they do that unless they're slowing me down I'm not trying to mock you I do voices to represent like somebody else in chat I'm not trying to be a mock like I'm not trying to mock you so like they're slowing me down Oh, oh okay can you substantiate the claim was there a data mine was there an insider? Was there a leak? Was there anything to indicate that they did that? Because if not, then I, I always will strongly gut check, gut check a scandalous accusatory claim when there's no evidence. Because that's like the way of the world these days. Yeah. Just make a big, huge claim and when asked for evidence, like bristle at the idea that you should just be able to say it. I bought the XP boost for Odyssey after I beat it the first time going on natural and you out level every zone way too fast you end up missing content see Graydon's giving a completely different perspective on this so the XP boosts don't sound like they're a response to a bottleneck they sound like they're somebody who wants to speed level and, and have an easy time there have been multiple articles written about XP boosters look it up so usually I'm annoyed when someone makes a claim and won't substantiate it on their own like you want me to go research it for you okay AC Odyssey XP boost. Let's just see. There's a subreddit saying, is it worth it? Let's see what the community has to say. Is the permanent XP boost worth it? Asking on the Assassin's Creed subreddit. At first, it will seem like you don't need it, but when you get to level 40, it takes a long time to level up. You might want it. It's not so much that it's worth it. It's more like, is my time worth it? Okay. That's normal for game leveling to slow down at the end game. So it doesn't sound like it's too dramatic just yet. If you're finding the grind is not worth playing anymore. So some people are saying this is just for people who don't want to grind. That's normal in games to slow down and have a grind. That's not abnormal. I'm not seeing anybody saying it's insidious and designed this way. Let's check news headlines. Let's check news headlines. Um... Valhalla has XP boost microtransactions. Assassin's Creed doesn't sell XP boost like Odyssey. So that was in November, and then a month later they added them. Interesting. Odyssey's $10 XP boost leaves a bit of a... Let's see what PC Gamer has to say. Assassin's Creed Odyssey $10 XP boost leaves a bit of a sour taste. This is in 2018. Otherwise, fantastic game has us debating what's an acceptable level of grind. I haven't paid for an asset or a mission. It's 10 bucks to tweak a number value. 
It's the sort of change you might expect to see in a balance patch. I paid for it, so I guess I'm part of the problem, says this person. I'm trying to find their conclusion. There's another reason I paid for the booster. On PC, you can pay for a temporary 25% XP boost with 10 Uplay coins through the club. Odyssey feels like an Assassin's Creed game with the option purchased. Uh, Odyssey feels more like an Assassin's Creed game with this option purchased than it does without. There are some people that agree with you. There are people that agree with you, it seems. Have they tweaked any of this since? Because this is an old article. The presence of XP boost does not encourage consp- uh, conspirational thinking, though. Is the XP curve tuned to be irritating enough to push people into the boosts? The problem is the level of disparities in both Origins and Odyssey are so punishing that being even one level below your opponents makes the game worse. And I don't mean difficult, I mean it makes the game less fun. It's not hard to press on through one level deficit, it's just annoying. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm otherwise really enjoying, but it would be with some caveats as, as I was, uh, if I was playing at Origin's pace. If the XP booster didn't exist, maybe I wouldn't be thinking about the pacing of the game so much. Maybe I would just go on with the grind without complaining. I've written before about games that don't respect your time. Uh, da, 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 da. A cursory Google of Origins or Odyssey turns up a bunch of how to grind XP guide pieces, and for me, grind should not be part of a modern single-player RPG. My days of farming Cactuar for rare drops are over, and it's a shame to lock off the world behind XP gates, pop up, and then charge players to access it faster. So it sounds like... Back in 2018, I don't know if any of this has been tweaked, and I don't know how bad it is in Valhalla, but it sounds like there are people that agree with you. Apology, please? I'm not going to apologize to you. I asked you to substantiate your claim. Why would I apologize to you? What are you, like, five? If they make the calculation, then wouldn't that design choice be tainted? Yeah. Yeah. And I have said before that that's a bad way to treat the player. I call that, I said a little bit ago, I call that the art of the squeeze. And when that happens, I call that out. Now, I didn't play Odyssey. I played Origins. Origins is my favorite. When I played Odyssey, it felt too dense. I didn't even get very far. So I didn't even get to the point where it slowed down. They're they're claiming it slows down to like 40 and then you feel like you have to spend money for XP boost. I didn't even get that far. I was like, I don't know, level 5 or 6. I was like, this game's too dense. I'm too busy. I got too many streams to do. I can't do it. So, now listen, listen. Finding a game like Odyssey or Valhalla that offers what I call the art of the squeeze, they squeeze the player, your investment's pitted against you, and you feel like the only way to enjoy the game at a natural or organic or reasonable clip is to spend money. And I don't like that. I call that I call that a uh, a manipulative way to get people to spend money, right? It's like it's like passively coercive, okay? I don't like that as a practice. Now, does that mean, right? Does that mean that live service is always going to do that? No, it doesn't. It means that we're on guard for it if it starts to happen. You don't have to apologize. You make a good argument. It was me who apologized for losing my temper. Right, and I, I try to keep things cool. Like, in, in times past, I probably would have, like, absolutely slapped you for that and maybe even banned you, but I'm trying not to be that guy anymore. I'm trying to be better. 
I want to get the VIP Reforged Battle Pass. If you get to level 50, Lono will yell at Eugene for you. Level 100 has the cult t-shirt. I do agree with Lono on the Origins is the best of the newer RPG style games. Right, so I wasn't defending Odyssey. Now, I said Valhalla seems to have been very successful. You guys are saying that it's in there and it's bad too. Again, I've not played it. But Valhalla as a live service game, as a game that they've continued to add on to, from everything I've read, has gotten mostly praise, both from the community and the gaming press. Now, if there's XP squeezes in there, sure, we could talk about that and criticize that particular piece, but that's not an indictment of live service. Does that make sense? Like... You could substantiate a claim right now. You could get out the charts, the bell curves for leveling, and look at Valhalla. You could convince me and compel me that that game bottlenecks progression, so you want to spend money on XP boosts. And that would not be an indictment of live service. I like your channel. Thank you. Valhalla issue is a mile wide and a foot deep, but again, that's my opinion, and I don't claim to be the writer... Well, the thing is, is are you still playing it? Skillup was very critical in his review of the XP boost in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I imagine a lot of the criticism comes from that. A lot of backtracking going on here. XP, XP boosters are part of live service. I'm not backtracking at all. You've never been here before if you think what I'm doing is a backtrack. I have always said that you should make a good and precise criticism, not a sweeping one. So it's a terrible way to think and conclude. This is not logical thinking. Well, there's XP boosts in Valhalla, and their leveling slows down at the end, so they're clearly doing it in an insidious way to squeeze the player. Therefore, live service is bad, greedy, terrible, and it ruins games. No. No. Live service games are not automatically and inherently bad because you found a game with XP boost and slowed down leveling. That's not a new concept, by the way. Destiny had similar things in it. So, you would criticize the individual practice, right? I went through this when we were comparing games that did pay to progress and pay to win. And I really pushed people to start using those terms because... It's incredibly important to call out pay to win when it's really bad, like an immortal, and call something pay to progress, like in Warframe, because they're vastly different. Just labeling it all pay to win isn't helpful. I don't think it's helpful. So in this scenario, you, you've not compelled me and convinced me that live service is terrible because, well, Valhalla has XP boosts. What? What? It's hard to debate when you're only a person talking. I watch you a lot this morning. You're way off base. Love you, though. I mean, your opinion I'm off base doesn't concern me because you haven't made a convincing, compelling argument. You found one aspect of one game that is not an indictment of live service. It's not an indictment of live service. No Man's Sky has their own live service structure. Final Fantasy XIV has theirs. Elder Scrolls has theirs. There's uh, Destiny 2. They all have live service practices. Are is are they all indicted as games because you found an XP boost in AC Valhalla and Odyssey and a clear complaint from both press and community that, well, it really feels like they're slowing us down so that we buy boosts. 
like that you see what I'm saying you you've not indicted live service you've not uprooted my argument at all you found one flaw one practice that I've condemned before I, this isn't the first time I came up with the art of the squeeze as a term I've been saying that for years I'm like when a game does that that is bad and it should be pushed against I, you're like You've not made me backtrack or adjust my position at all. I just conceded that, oh, well, I didn't play Odyssey or Valhalla. I wasn't aware that happened. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be doing that in their game. That's not a good way to treat your player base. That doesn't mean that the live service of Valhalla is terrible and that Infinity Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to be terrible. Mitchell McDonald with eight months. Milestone. Thank you for renewing your membership. Alona, won't someone think about the children? Double, triple, dip, not sure anymore. Thank you so much, Mitch. Let's get... We've got a lot of new folks here today, okay? We're trying to hit 2,000 members. We're real close to 1,700. Let's get some members going. Live service isn't bad automatically. Problem is a lot of the live service games end up being crap because it... because the cost of upkeep to help keep the game. I... My case was that as far as I can tell... Live service games have come to a really great place right now. There's lots of games that are doing, I think, a good job with their games. I think they are treating people well. I think they are treating their games well. And I think live service can continue to be a presence in the gaming world and community that's a perfectly fine thing. And I've been given very, very minimal examples of games that apparently are so bad and so awful that yeah live service is decried as the devil I've not seen there's nothing compelling about the arguments that have been put forth this morning they're not strong XP boost in Odyssey and Valhalla has not substantiated any of the claims that like live service is terrible and it ruins games they're about to F up Diablo 4 how do we does anybody know that we don't know that if Diablo 4 has seasonal battle passes and a micro store with cosmetics, I, that'll be great. I hope they make buckets of cash so that they see how stupid Immortal was. I hope Immortal is a total failed experiment and Diablo 4 just gets buckets of cash. Because people buy that game at full price and if they also buy like season pass battle passes and if they also buy like uh, the like cosmetics, dude, I'm all about that. I am all about that. Is League of Legends and Dota 2 Smite Overwatch, are they all live service? Uh, are they ongoing? If they're ongoing and they continue to update the games, then yeah. Yeah. I don't see the need for Ghost to be live service, solid story. I don't think it needs to be shenanigans. I am merely making a prediction and theorizing that Ghost of Tsushima Legends gameplay is built in such a way that it feels like a live service experiment to bolster the next game. There's loot, there's leveling, there's tiers of loot, there's colors of loot, there's it feels like end game capstone PvE content. Now, that people push back and they said, "Well, the next game they'll just keep them separate as they're separate now." Right? Capitalism at its best, charge folks for stuff they already bought. Who's charging people for things they already bought? 
love to uh, react to Asman's video of the first lives. Oh, hang on. About why video games are no longer fun. Is, um... Yeah, as much as Outriders claims they're not a live service game, they... <laughs> they kind of are. Can't be a failed experiment with streamers spending 10000 to get five stars. I actually think that $10,000 probably took about a hundred to $200,000 away from Diablo Immortal. Seriously. You only need to convince a couple hundred thousand people to not spend five bucks on the battle pass. That's a huge loss for them. That stuff going viral is actually bad for Immortal. The viewership on those videos and those clips is not good for Immortal at all. His $10,000 is nothing compared to what they probably lost. Because if you think about it, if Diablo Immortal would have launched in a vacuum and no one was able to stream it and show it and showcase all the bad stuff, like, imagine Diablo Immortal launching in a world where live streaming and YouTube didn't exist. That game would be in probably a much better state. That's my, that's what I think. I can't prove that. But my personal opinion is that that game's not making that much money because it got shredded and exposed super fast by YouTubers and streamers. So that guy spending 10 grand, that 10 grand is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But boy, oh boy, those clips going viral, that's a huge, huge dissuade. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. They made 24 million since release. They made 24 million in two weeks. Genshin made 60 million in like the first week or two days or something. So it's well behind what Genshin earned. Now, it hasn't launched in China yet. It might never. It might never. It's totally log jammed. It is totally log jammed. And if it doesn't launch in China, that may be some swift justice for a game with insidious microtransaction practices. They just don't get out of the gate. 24 million sounds amazing, but when you compare it to other mobile games, no. It may never, it may never land in China. And that's going to be a huge blow because that's the market that spends. Like the, the, the biggest and most successful uh, mobile game is only available in China. Yes, they're ongoing. Was wondering because you never say them when live service is brought up. I guess it's because you don't know those games. Yeah, that would be why Ratchet. They're, I'm not familiar with them. They're not in my brain. So if I brought them up, it would be in name only. I couldn't say anything about them. Ghost 2 won't be live service. There's no way to know. No way to know until it comes out. It will die if it doesn't uh, make it to China. Immortal's pretty much DOA. Yeah, I don't think Immortals is as successful as people might think. Now, I could be wrong because SkillUp thinks the same thing. And he, you know, he's like, well, people always say it's about the long game. It's about the long game. And it's like, well, Diablo 4, Diablo 4 is going to have a long game. And if it's more lucrative and if it's more successful, that's going to send a loud and clear message to Blizzard and and their, uh, their shareholders for sure. Why Demon Souls hatred? Who hated on Demon Souls? I didn't see anybody say anything about that. I mean, if somebody did, I didn't see it. They'll fire the guy, bend the knee to the CCP, and get in there. I'm sorry, but that well cannot be left there financially silly if they don't. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying, Ant. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Genshin can be summed up as the waifus things, but people were also really happy with the open world. The scoring is incredible and it is in no way pay to win. Plenty of games have waifus. Wait, you don't, Genshin's not pay to win? 
That's that's news to me. I love multiplayer games. Single player games bore me, says Willie. I'm all about that competition. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. I don't really like competition. I mean, I had fun with Fall Guys yesterday, but I gotta take that stuff in small doses. It'll burn you out real quick. Even a game like Fall Guys will burn me out. You know, constantly trying to win. I'm just not wired that way. I'll get competitive, and I'll get real personally invested, and then I get, like, fatigued by it very quickly. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I just, I can't stay in the ring. I don't have the endurance for it, you know? It's like... It's kind of like getting on a trampoline when you're older and not in great shape. It's fun for a few minutes. You're like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy moly, I am winded and tired. My legs are sore. I, I got to get out of here. You know, a kid will jump on a freaking trampoline all afternoon. They'll sleep like a champ when they get them to do that. But it's like that for me. Like I can get in the ring. I can play for a while in these games, whether it's Fortnite or Fall Guys. And then I'm like, I don't have the endurance for this, dude. I just absolutely get tuckered out. Like, mentally. I'm like, ugh. I don't want to do this anymore. You know? Yeah, then your knees hate you. That's right. Every day I wake up, I'm always looking for that challenge or else I'm bored. No, I yeah, I get that people are wired that way, Willie. I was wired that way when I played COD with my buds. But, man, I played Call of Duty for like a decade after playing Quake 2, Quake 3, Unreal Tournament, and then just nothing but Call of Duty. I just got sick of it. I was like, I just want to play games with other people and laugh and loot and play single player games. Like, I just, I've completely changed as a gamer, you know? I'd rather play a FromSoft game, which is insane to say, but I would. Now, FromSoft games, the same thing happens. Like, I run out of that endurance and I like, I kind of check out. Like, I've gotten better at the endurance factor. Like, I got pretty far in my second playthrough of Elden Ring before I just tapped out. It was like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? It also doesn't help that interest is waning. Like, as an entertainer, when the audience says, yeah, this isn't that enjoyable, you don't enjoy it. Like, it's almost like your your dissatisfaction is expedited. You're like, well, the public doesn't, the audience isn't digging it, you know? Why am I digging it, you know? I'm not saying Genshin's a bad game. It could be great. The waifus and the anime vibe is huge. I'm AR56 in Genshin. I think I know. I played since launch. The free characters are the ones that held over time. The five-star waifus are luxury. Nothing in the game requires money to beat. I was genuinely asking Omar because I'm not familiar with the game. I know it's a gotcha game, which is not like gotcha journalism. It's gotcha. It's a, it's a type of game that it's named after where you can spend money to pull more items. Um, but I, I like... I didn't. I just assumed that pay to win was in there because you're just like, yeah, it's a nasty game with all kind of spending, you know, controversy, and I just assumed pay to win was in there. I don't mind the waifu vibe. I would play it, but I'm not into online games. I'll be totally honest with you. I can't do the waifu thing. I can't do it. Like, there's something. I don't want to say creepy. Creepy's not the white right word, but there's something off-putting about it the voices and they look really young i'm like i can't do this this is we this is i feel i feel awkward i can't do it i just can't do it more power to the people that love it but waifu culture and all that i've just never understood it people started talking that way about the females and eldering i'm like what the frick and then i would google like image search for wallpapers dude i saw some fan art i'm like what the huh what is happening Elder Ring is just a different beast, just not my cup of tea. 
You know what Elden Ring made me want to do? It made me want to replay Sekiro. I don't know why, but it did. Souls games are too sweaty. I like them in the right amount of doses, you know? I just, I got so much Elden Ring gameplay, you know? I thought No Summons was going to be an awesome playthrough, and it was until we got past the halfway mark. And then I was like, yeah, no. What's a waifu? Like a very cute, you know, I guess cute, giggly, pretty, very typically very buxom and busty, young Japanese animated female character would be considered a waifu like ooh they're waifu like they're like wife material like you kind of crush on them I don't know it's not creepy Loli's creepy yeah 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 anime it's not creepy it's off putting yeah the Loli stuff's creepy but whatever I'm not gonna yuck someone's yum I just it doesn't hit me I'm like eh I find this off putting more power to you doesn't waifu mean wife or something like that? I always thought it was like their waifu, their wife ma- material. Isn't that kind of what it means? Waifu is Japanese way to say wife. Yes. So yeah, it's kind of like you're basically saying their 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 wife material. Waifu. What's your real name? I don't I don't care if you know it, but I don't like answer questions like that. I go by Lono in this environment. That's basically like my handle, nickname, whatever. <clears throat> in any case, in any case, we are so well off main topic. If you're just tuning in, if you just clicked on this stream, you're like, what is going on? This was a stream about Ghost of Tsushima sequel. I believe that both the job postings as well as everything they did with Legends points to the Ghost of Tsushima 2 being live service, right? Waifu is a fictional character that you would want to be your wife. Yeah, see, I was right. Um, now just listen to some of the things that there, some of the things that I think point to Sucker Punch Productions is hiring, and I think it points to Ghost of Tsushima too. Okay, they are hiring for a third-person game. They want to deliver an interesting and varied encounters in an open world with a particular focus on melee combat and stealth. Now I've been told that that also could describe Sly Cooper, but there's lots of rumors that Sly Cooper is like already in production. So this would be weird to suddenly be hiring for this, unless they're expanding the Sly Cooper team. I would think they're expanding the team for Ghost of Tsushima. Now some of the people that they're hiring are going to be senior multiplayer systems designer, senior multiplayer mission designer, multiplayer mission designer, as well as a campaign director, a writer. Uh, technical combat design, encounter designer, AI systems designer. So there's a lot here, I think, pointing to Tsushima. And I do think that the Ghost of Tsushima sequel would then likely have a lot of live service in it, a lot of uh, elements of you being online, you sort of playing and and it being like an ongoing uh, experience. And... A lot of people are like, no, they'll probably just have Legends continue to be an offshoot and a side piece. That's entirely possible. People want the sequel to be like Jin going out into the world and, you know, doing doing what he does best, right? You know, stopping the Mongols. So... Yeah, we got way, way off subject. We knew this wasn't a super strong topic. We're a little early when stories like this break. Um, 
and no one's really searching for it. We knew we weren't going to have a particularly strong day with this. The news cycle's sort of slowing down because end of June and July is going to be it's just going to be slow. Uh, we're probably going to get some pretty big you know news next week from Sony and PlayStation, which is going to be a bummer. I may not be able to cover that because I may be traveling, uh, but. Things are about to slow down. Now, end of July, it'll probably ramp up again because once we get into August, August through the end of the year, there's a steady stream of games, which means trailers, which means gameplay breakdowns, which means gameplay that, you know, we get to experience. So we are in that downturn of gaming news right now just because Summer Game Fest happened. You know, the monsoon comes, the wave of news comes, and then everything kind of dissipates and slows down for a little bit. Uh... Always knocking down our walls. Uh, South Park needs another game. Um, not all waifu appear as underage girls. I didn't say underage. I said young. They 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 typically look young. Okay. I every time I've seen like the waifu tropes and the waifu memes, you know, they look pretty young. They're not they're not middle aged if I, if if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't go searching for any of this unless you want to nuke your search history after. That's right. That's right. Um, we are splitting uh, some waifu hairs here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll schedule it. Let's schedule the next one for noon. We're going to react to Alana Pierce's Sonic video which I think will be fun. That'll be a, that might be a little bit shorter. Sonic, let's name the image. Sonic Frontiers Alana Pierce VOD. Uh da, 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 da. Oh, that's not what I need. Okay. Okay, schedule this. Oof, oof. Um, gotta get my title and my description. So she got hands-on with Sonic Frontiers. So her feedback is slightly under NDA, but also slightly really informative, and it puts meat meat on the bones of a lot of the things that people were uh, debating. We got a lot of pushback on Sonic Frontiers in our coverage. People thought we were being maybe overly negative or picking the footage apart too much. And then I'm going to let Alana talk to you about it. We're going to react to it and kind of break it down, break down what she says and what she thinks. Uh, and she she has some things that I think will be of interest to you if you are uh, interested in the game or if you've watched any of our uh, any of our coverage of the game. I think you will find it to be uh, a very interesting video, to say the least. Are you a Fable fan? Any thoughts on a new game? New concerns about the engine? I mean, we didn't really report on it. We kind of touched on it where they were like having trouble building some of the systems or something for Fable. Um because they're building it in the Forza engine what I heard wasn't super alarming because you're taking a game engine that's built and known for car games um, and you're 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 taking 
you're you know you're taking a fable RPG kind of game in that world. You know what I mean? React to Destin? Never. Uh, Ghost is a live service? That's my theory. That's my theory, Mr. Night Sings. It's more like Zelda's open world, Ghost of Tsushima level scoring, voice actors from many anime free, a bit of co-op and live service. You probably make money. Genshin upped mobile games. Listen, I know that I've had plenty of people tell me, you know, React to Joss Drive Hayes Diablo video. You want me to do that? That's interesting. Cause uh let me see here. Let me just let me just peruse something. You mean like this video right here <laughs> where I did it just yesterday? Diablo Immortal, Joss Drive Hayes Reaction, 21 hours ago. There you go. Ask and you shall already receive. It's already been done. Um there's no reason for me to do a reaction video to Assassin's Creed's monetization stuff because that's not relevant right now. It's kind of old. Um, give me Genshin with a different art style. Remove the waifus and I'm there. With Josh in the chat. Yeah, he came. He came in the chat. He came and hung out for a little bit. That was pretty nice of him. That was super nice of him. Yeah, that was so far ago. Is that still even relevant? <laughs> The Assassin's Creed stuff's a long time ago. Nobody's really talking about it. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody bring that up. Every time AC Odyssey has ever come up, people are like, it's too dense. There's too much to do. And AC Valhalla, people say the same thing. Right? People say the same thing about AC Valhalla. They're like, there's too much to do. It's too dense. I was bored. Right? I've never heard anybody be like, Oh yeah, the XP slows down and they try to get you to buy XP boost. Like, I've never heard anybody say that before. So, I'm not saying that it's not there. Clearly, we found articles and subreddits that it is a part of the of the ecosystem. You know, and a part of the frustration that people had. But, it... You know, it doesn't seem like a hot topic right now. You see the op Alana had for her migraines? Yeah, why well, I, I didn't I didn't want to see pictures or coverage of it, but I know she had yeah, she had some she had some surgeries recently. I can't look at that kind of stuff. Where do I post articles for Reforge Radio? Just in the gaming newsroom in the Discord. We have a gaming newsroom. Just throw your articles in there. We always peruse that room. Yeah, I was fangirling over his looks. Because I think he's a handsome man. He's always well dressed. And I was cheekily saying like the biggest flaw in his video is that he wasn't in it. <laughs> And then he was in chat. I was like, well, this is embarrassing. If you don't like blood, avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like her blood's like dyed her hair because she can't wash it out. Like she's not allowed to wash it for so many days or whatever. So I'm not going to like comment on that in the video. I don't want to like draw attention to it. She does in the one in the Starfield video, I think. Um, But that's that's her choice. Like I'm not, I don't, you know, if people want to go learn about what happened or whatever, you know, her surgery whatever she's willing to divulge that's up to her i'm interested in her feedback and response to actually playing sonic frontiers since we've covered it pretty extensively and uh it's it's yeah it's not looking good <laughs> uh you want it already exists it's called breath of the wild and you over level with the xp booster on valhalla that's what somebody else was saying, Ant. There were people saying, oh, it slows down and it's terrible, but then other people were like, actually, no. It, you, you end up over-leveling if you get the boost. It's actually not helpful. Because 
then you're just flying through the areas. No, no, she mentions it in the one video, Abe, because it, it, it on camera and with her lighting, it looks like pink, which she also has blonde hair, so the blonde takes the, the darkness out of the red, you know. Heard he gives me hope, then not. It get, wait, you're saying it does both? It gives you hope and then not? Is there a space in Discord for personal promotion? I'd like to share some of my written reviews, but respect if you don't want that. We've never really done that because it just turns into a mess. I mean, I suppose we could just do a catch-all room for you guys. That wouldn't bother me. You know what I mean? A five spot from Jeffrey. No one in Japan uses waifu when speaking. It's Tsuma for my wife. And Okusan, wife. You have others like this that is used for a rich man's wife. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, I... I actually love the language. This says suma is a garnish used for a sashimi dish. What? What does it mean? Word hippo. <clears throat> it means a wife. It means a late wife. So does it have another use? It also can be a garnish? I just realized I started reading those words and I was like, he might have totally trolled me, but he's 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 not. You don't use your wife for a garnish on your sushi? No, not typically. No, I don't think so. Just eh, no, it's not very common. She actually showed the scar. Yeah, 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 yeah. She shows it. She's not like being some people would have a surgery like that and they would like super not want anybody to know they wouldn't want to be transparent like everybody's different so she's been she's been pretty open and transparent about it you know creatures like oh I don't want to react to a video you know if she you know she's not if she you know if she's not looking she's looking you know and I'm like I couldn't tell her hair I think her hair looks fine until she says something you're like oh <laughs> she's got blood in her hair <laughs> <laughs> I would nobody would have known if she wouldn't have said anything either. They would have just assumed she put streaks in. You know what I mean? Like nobody would have thought anything of it cuz you know, especially when you have lighter hair, people with blonde hair, man, they do that kind of stuff all the time, you know? So, I was like, "Nah, we'll react to it. It's a good video." There's another video I want to react to as well on Starfield uh from Digital Foundry. We may do that one tomorrow. If I don't see anything else, I kind of like having the second show be a reaction vid. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to just get get more diverse content on the channel. You know, start the day with a topic, then do some reaction, then do some gameplay. I like that flow. Um, we don't have gameplay today. There wasn't anything uh, worth playing. What's good, Strider? Alana's dope. She doesn't put on any airs. I think she's also pretty confident in uh, her everyday appearance based on past content. Yeah, she doesn't seem... She doesn't seem shy with with that, you know, because obviously when you're in this space, when you're in YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all that, when you're very when you're when you're a very pretty person, when you're very attractive, there's always like that level of intrusion that like the public wants. Like they want to see your outfits, they want to see your body and how tall you are and all of that. And I've not had to experience that intrusion because typically as a guy, that's just not the focus. I've had people ask like how tall I am sometimes, but like very rarely. That's typically because people are joking about me being short and it creates intrigue, but they don't come in and say, hey, hey, stud muffin, how tall are you? Like, that's not like a thing, but that's like a thing when you're a, you know, reasonably or highly attractive woman on the internet. You just have to deal with that. 
So some people are more or less comfortable with that aspect of them being seen. And she doesn't seem to be bothered, you know. So I don't like focusing on that. Like, I, I hope the chat doesn't focus on that. Like, oh, she's so hot. It's like, Shut up. Like, that's, I just, who the frick cares about that? You know, I always hate when chat does that. It's like we try to watch something and like the host will come out. And typically in live environments, the host is an attractive person. And everybody has to comment, you know, thick or, you know, whatever. So. We usually behave. There's always a couple. There's always a couple. Thankfully, thankfully, it's just her sitting in a chair and talking. So she's not, you know, she's not, she's not moving. She's not standing up. She's not doing any of the cliche things that guys like those guys on the internet get like weird about. Someone called Lono a beefcake the other day. Insta ban. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 3k subs equals Lono hot tub stream no absolutely not I usually drop a short joke but I'm behaving for once I don't dislike short jokes as a short guy I dislike short jokes as a connoisseur of comedy I love comedy I love to listen to people talk about comedy I rewatch comedians in cars getting coffee all the time like I love watching stand up I, I absolutely love studying the art of comedy and as somebody who loves comedy and loves thinking through jokes and I've even worked on being a funnier entertainer. Like I've worked on improv and little bits and little gags, right? I've, 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 you know, I, I always watch shows and things that kind of inspire a more comedic, more improv, improvisational air. And as somebody who appreciates all those things that go into something being funny and humor, I think short jokes are off. They're just so awful every time. They're always the same thing. Yeah, they don't measure up. They're low-hanging fruit. Like, they're just always the same thing. It's always the same thing. So that's why I'm always like, I am never bothered. I'm all like, you hurt my fifis. It's like, I've been made fun of being short since, like, I didn't realize I was short until, like, the fifth grade when kids started teasing me about it. It wasn't until then that it became like, oh, yeah, this this guy is, uh, is short. I would think you enjoy low-hanging fruit. See? It's always the same. It's always in the same vein. Like, it, it's, to me, they're worse than dad jokes. Dad jokes are bad on purpose. Short jokes are just typically bad. They're just not very, I just never think they're very funny, you know? As a fan of comedy, I'm like, no, it's just, it's lame. It's weak. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure. So, as an example, I think fat jokes are typically just as lame and just as stupid. So if I've ever teased somebody, and I only I typically have only done this with Zubair because he makes fun of himself for being dumpy, so he's opened up a comedic lane there for me leaning in on that. So I have made a maybe two or three jokes in that vein, and I usually try to get very creative. I try to have it be a sucker punch that you don't see coming instead of just a cliche, you know, big guy joke. I don't I just I don't like them. I, I think I think short jokes, I think fat jokes, I think they're they're usually I don't find them to be upsetting or offensive or rude. I find them to be just weak and lame, typically. In my experience. Like dad jokes are bad on purpose and that's what makes them funny. Short jokes and fat jokes are typically bad. They're just like inherently bad. They're just weak jokes. So I have short friends who had their growth early and then they stopped and everyone else caught up and passed them. 
yeah, like fourth grade, everybody was kind of the same height, and then like fifth grade into sixth grade, all of a sudden it was like, oh wow, I'm, I, I, you come back from the summer and you're 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 not as tall as everybody now. You know what I mean? There have only been a couple of clunkers. Usually they make me get teary eyed. <laughs> Keep my heights name out your effing mouth. That's right. That's right. Keep my heights name. That's good. See, that's good. That's a good. That's a good short joke. That see, that's creative. I actually really like that. As a crafted, as a, as a, as somebody who appreciates a well crafted joke, I really like that. It's like the always late joke uh, for black people. We give you guys so much ammo. And that's what you decide to use. I've done that once, Abe. I made that joke one time. But again, I try to be creative about it. I try to make it... I try to do, like, sucker punch comedy. Where, like, you think I'm being serious. You think something's about to happen. And then I kind of end it with with, with the punchline. Like, I, I try to make it so like, you don't see it coming. I, you know. It's fun. I think it's fun. <laughs> With you, with 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 Abe and some of the other normal normal uh, normal dudes that hang out here, if I'm making that joke, if I'm like, making like a black guy joke, I don't actually say it, and I think that makes it funnier. It's like the, it's like the guy that's like, oh, I'm not gonna say it. Like I actually think that adds another layer of comedy to it that I won't say it, but you know what I'm saying. Like I I actually think that's fun when I get to do that when those opportunities arise what do you mean you normal dudes (laughs) like people that are here regularly and they are gonna get the joke i actually didn't mean the the blood guys that hang out here i meant like the people who are here regularly and will get what i'm doing because the rapport is there they're like i know what he's doing i make fun of lono for being short knowing full well i'm only two inches taller than him that's right what do you mean normal dudes there it is see the only issue is that lono would need a stool to reach your face in order to slap you. Yeah, see again, like you would need a stool, you would need a stepladder. I just that I've heard that joke so many times. It just like it's it doesn't bother me. I just read it and I'm like, nah, bro. Nah, that's weak. You know? I heard the step stool, step ladder, stool joke, you know, twenty seven years ago. <laughs> We're normal now? That's right, Victor. Like I said, it gets old. It's not even that it's old. It's just like, which one did you pick today kind of a thing, you know? Which one did you pick today? What you mean is the black guys that hang out here. <laughs> Wait, that one was actually obvious. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? That's right. Can I see your chair? Where did you get it? Unfortunately, we got this from a company we no longer work with because it was a one-off. I'm trying to get to work with Mavix because they make this same chair, and I love it. It's a mesh, high-back ergonomic chair, and Mavix has this exact model, the red. I love the red, and then the Mavix is in the white. I might even consider getting their blue one because it would be a pretty cool contrast, like green, and then we have red for radio, and then I'd be sitting in a blue chair. And it would be a good blend of colors. I think the red works, but then we go over to radio and it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Like the high contrast with the green and the red looks nice in the frame. I look I look more, you know, pronounced and in frame. So you know, their their branding and their color is blue and it puts Mavix like right on the headrest. But they have some application process you have to go through, and I did it like nine or ten months ago. I just need to do it again. Because I think we're at a size now and we pull daily viewership where 
we could we could potentially you know get into their program I got the chair and I like it yeah this type of chair is very common you don't need to buy it from where I originally got it but I looked at Mavix's stuff and I like I like their branding I like their chairs I was like okay I think this would work coming from Blizzard's base point over here we the Black Coalition accept your acknowledgement of normal <laughs> Uh, got distracted at work and my joke is late (laughs) that's pretty good that's pretty good Robert it's not bad Mm. is the Zepp shirt from 80's T's it looks dope yes this Led Zeppelin US tour is from uh, 80's T's I'm almost always wearing an 80's T the last two days I was wearing shirts for my kiddos they got me shirts for Father's Day yesterday it said best pop and it was like a Coca-Cola shirt my son got me that one the day before was a Deadpool shirt that says no talkie before coffee that was for my daughter so they requested that I wear them could we get 12 more likes on the video we actually did okay with something that we kind of totally made up this video is going to do fine I'm actually pretty encouraged by that we totally jumped the gun on this subject. We're like one of the first people to probably make a video about this. So maybe it'll catch some traction, you know, once we're once we're not live. We will be switching to the Alana Pierce reaction shortly. But if we could just get a couple more likes, hit 300, this will be a pretty strong little video that could get some love as people go out and start searching for the Ghost of Tsushima sequel, like the news that's out there. I got Mavix in January. Fantastic customer service as they replaced my chair piece by piece as it had issues. Oh, golly. It gave me back $100 too, but the quality control and overall build uh, build quality is bad in my opinion. You think so? Is it one of these, Fuzzy? Or is it one of their racers? Because they do both. I don't like racer chairs. I, I sat in one for years, and I thought it was perfectly fine until I sat in this. And I was like, oh my gosh, racers are awful. They're so stiff. I just, I don't like them. Yeah, my glasses are from Gunner Optics. You can always use my link that supports me if you want to get some blue light blocking glasses or some sunglasses. Gunners make some great stuff. We don't push that one that much. We primarily push memberships and coffee. That supports us the most direct way. A membership on the channel is huge. Gifting memberships is huge. We are on a stretch goal for 2,000. We're actually close to 1,700 members. 1,800 members is another uh, another emote. And then the Reforge Roast, this is our coffee. This is not some sponsor. We have the light roast and the dark roast. The same base flavor, just the light and the dark roast. If you're a coffee drinker and you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity, you should at least try one of each. It's We have it very, very uh, competitively priced if you look at other coffee that's out there, but it will ship to you significantly faster than other coffee companies out there because my wife and kiddos do it. Like, we literally print the labels and then the next day it ships. They put little thank you notes in the bag. So make sure and support that as well. Uh, just a couple more likes, guys. Six more. If you haven't smashed that thumbs up button yet, do me a favor and do that. You don't know it, but it does help significantly when we're doing these streams throughout the day. I've got a mid-back mesh chair. I never go to the black leather or foam cushions. They're breathably... Yeah, the breathableness of this is really, really nice. I bought top-of-the-line M9. Oh, golly. And you thought that the build quality was bad. I hope your standards are just too high. Coffee's super good. It's the only reason I keep coming back, says Zubair. I'm over Lono. Um... Can't confirm coffee's awesome. Awesome. That's right. If you pay double for one bag, you get an extra bag. That's it. That's it. 
What does live service mean? So live service is basically an ongoing game. It's a game that continues to get additions and added to it. It's built with the idea that you're going to play it for months to come, not just like for a week. Because a lot of times a single player game, if you really commit yourself one or two weeks and you've done virtually everything there is to do, if you're playing for a couple hours a night, you know, two weeks later, you're, 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 you're near 30 hours easy. And so live service is, yeah, it's the devil. Live service would be, you would be coming back on a rhythmic basis, whether it's seasonal, monthly, you know, DLCs don't necessarily equal live service. Like if a game launches and has like two DLCs planned, we wouldn't call that live service. Um, still doing the thing on Friday. Yes. If you are a member, if you got gifted membership recently, if you're a brand new member or a longtime member, don't forget this Friday night is community game night with fall guys. It'll be a blast. If you didn't watch the VOD yesterday, I had so much fun just playing by myself. Hilly will be returning to Friday night. Bring your drinks, bring your laughs. It's going to be a good time and make sure here's the thing about members only content. Okay. If you're a member members, only content doesn't hit you in the face the way that it should. I personally am of the opinion that if you're a member on my channel and I'm doing a members-only stream or I upload a members-only video, it should be the first thing you see when you come to the platform. And they don't do that. So you have to check your subscription feed, you have to check my channel, or you have to get into the Discord. Because YouTube won't do the greatest job of pinging you about my members-only content. Now, I will do a members-only community post that does typically ping the members, but sometimes it doesn't. So again, if you want to make sure you don't miss out, because tomorrow afternoon is the weekly members AMA, and then every Friday night we do a members stream with my wife, and then once a month that members only stream is community game night. If you want to make sure that you're here for those, okay, you got to get in the Discord. That's like the most guaranteed way, okay? It's like, it's guaranteed. You'll get pinged in the Discord when we go live. We hit the announcements room, and you'll never miss a single piece of content. What about Obi's here? I haven't watched it yet. We'll watch it tonight. I told my son that you said he could play with us on Friday. He said, no thanks, Dad. I don't like Fall Guys. It's frustrating. (laughs) Tell him to man up. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's only 10. You know, he should have a full-time job, though, and a pension and a 401k by now, though. So, you know, tell him to, you know... Tell him to really buck up, you know? Sounds like he's a little behind in life. <laughs> Don't forget the watch party goal. Yes, it seems like we're, we, we've really slowed down, which is totally fine. We're way higher than I expected to be in member count, but we have slowed down a little bit. However, we do have a stretch member goal. If we hit 2,000 members, we will do a watch party. Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. My wife likes it. I hate the movie. It'll be hilarious. You will need Disney Plus and this Chrome extension to take part because we obviously can't stream the movie. That's illegal. So we would stream ourselves talking and reacting while watching and you guys could be in the watch party room so that I could control when the movie starts and stops. That's the main reason to use that. So you could use the watch party chat, the YouTube chat, or the Discord chat and that would be really fun. You'll get the most real-time reactions if you are in the Discord there'll be a slight delay but if you're in the discord there wouldn't be any delay and that is a huge stretch goal i don't know if we're gonna hit it uh i think it's 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 getting a little unlikely as time goes on number one the news cycle slowed down we need some big days we need lots of people here for it to work because when you gift members you need like lots of gray names in chat and we just the news cycle slowing down a teensy bit which is anticipated as we get closer to end of june early july it's it's typically slows down now sadly sadly 
sadly the uh, um, the God of War Ragnarok state of play is gonna land where I probably won't be able to cover it which will really suck because we've covered that game a ton and that probably would have been huge for the channel but I'm gonna be out of town next week starting on I think Wednesday we'll be gone Wednesday to Tuesday for 4th of July which not a lot will be happening anyway usually we take a hit on holiday weekends because everybody's traveling we have a lot of worker lurkers a lot of families a lot of dads a lot of moms so it's not a big deal but I'm kind of bummed out that we're hearing all these rumors and leaks about a state of play likely next week which will typically land on a Wednesday or Thursday if it lands on Tuesday, I'll be surprised because there's a Sony event on Tuesday to unveil new hardware, so I don't think a, st- a state of play would be on the same day. <clears throat> Wasn't the rumor that it'll be in July and not June? Oh, I'm, oh my gosh, I hope that's true, because they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it on the Monday or Tuesday for the 4th. If it got kicked to July, I'll be so happy, but the rumor is next week. Now, that rumor could have been because of the Sony event for hardware and everybody got confused because there is a Sony event next week to debut hardware apparently the Sony Pro Controller may or may not be there but that may have been why people thought that it was next week it would make sense for Sony to kind of go crazy next week like hit that Tuesday with a Sony event talk about new hardware and then hit Wednesday or Thursday with the state of play I I don't know I don't know what their strategies are I heard a possibility for end of July Wait, did I misread all the rumors? Is it meant to be end of July for State of Play? If I misread all the rumors, then that's slightly comforting. That means they'll kick it to next month, which I don't know. I swore it was end of June. PS5 Pro Controller. PS5 Pro Controller. Not the PS5 Pro console. Fall Guys is cross-play with all platforms. I thought end of June they're launching a whole new line of hardware. Love the t-shirt. Thank you. This is from 80s Tees. Always remember to use my code over there. Doesn't read then says misread. No, everything I read, babe, said end of June. Everybody kept saying next week, next week, next week. I mean, that, that that's not July. Tuesday to plays in one month is not usual for Sony. I really hope that that's true, Sane. I really, really hope they hold. If they hold until July, that'll be so good. Oh my gosh, that'll be good. That means everything will slow down next week when we leave, which is exactly what you want to see. You never want to take a trip and have all this big news hit. It's so frustrating. State of Play rumors were for end of June. They were. They were. Now again, the State of Play rumors for end of June could have been people getting their wires crossed because they heard about a Sony event end of June, which is happening on Tuesday. It will be the second time this year they did two in one month. Oh. Yeah. The rumor about the state of play could literally be because there was a planned Sony event for end of June, which is still happening. It could go both ways, because they could be like, hey, Sony's got a bunch of announcements this week. They could announce all the new hardware on Tuesday, and then Wednesday or Thursday come out strong with a state of play. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Because they need to do a state of play about Ragnarok. They still need to do a state of play about Forspoken. And July, August sounds like a great time to do that, like leading into September and fourth quarter, but I just, I just don't know. All the rumors said end of June, which... I'm really hoping that they were they were getting their wires crossed and heard Sony event and made assumptions. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. 
The problem with the Ghost of Tsushima sequel is it will have to take some liberties with the Mongol invasion because, largely speaking, both invasions failed due to typhoons destroying most OG of the Mongol fleets. Here's all this new PS5 hardware. By the way, here's the date for God of War Ragnarok, so get your hardware now for it. Right. No? No, yeah. I, I, it's a good one-two punch, Eugene, and it'll be absolutely gutting. It'll be gutting, especially if it lands on Wednesday, because we were originally planning on leaving Thursday, and my mom's like, could you come down one extra day? And I'm like, eh, yeah. I'm trying to be more laid back about the business. I'm trying not to be, like, super obsessive. It's good for my blood pressure. It's good for my life. And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, what's one day? What's one more day at that point, right? And then I saw those rumors, and I was like, oh, my gosh, no, here they do. They're going to do it to me. They're going to do it to me. They're really going to test my resolve. I get my Sony news from YouTubers, one being Riker. He does Diablo and Blizzard news mostly, but throws in industry stuff. Graydon is right. In history, nature stopped the Mongols from reaching mainland. Divine winds, they called it. You'll be fine. Oh, I know. I know. It's mostly disappointing because... I, I, I'm going to enjoy gloating a little bit. <laughs> Once we get that 2022 launch date, it's going to be really fun to gloat to all the people that have, you know, just completely disrupted conversations and been kind of, you know, stubbornly negative. Oh, it's getting delayed, bro. It's getting delayed. It's definitely getting delayed next year. It's like, it doesn't matter who says it's not getting delayed. They don't care. You know what I mean? God himself could part the clouds and be like, it's coming this year. Everybody shut up. And people are like, I don't know. Was that really him? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> people are like, that could have been a, yeah, that could have been David Copperfield. We don't know. I'm gonna take that week off. Insufferable Lono is insufferable. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, Zubair, you know what I think I'm going to do? I actually think I'm going to take it and be like, I look forward to all y'all uh, tipping me and paying me when I play it. I don't need to gloat because you all agreed. We, we took bets. We took bets. And whew, I don't have to eat a steak with ketchup. And where's my money? <laughs> like, I don't need to be gloaty. I don't need to be insufferable. I'll be like, hey, there's no reason to gloat. There's no reason to say I told you so. But just a reminder, when I'm playing the game, a couple of you guys agreed to come tip me 50 bucks, and I get to dodge the bullet of another steak with ketchup. <laughs> Two steaks with ketchup in, in one year is too, too many. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's disgusting. Glad I stayed out of that wager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who jumped in? I think it was just Willie and Mo. I think it was just Willie and Mo. Order a custom shirt that says I told you so and just wear it all week. Randomly point at it and wink at the camera. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Told you so. Hey, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Wait, I'm, I'm not saying I told you so, chat. I mean, come on. That would be good. I think Nightingale is still set to release this year. Not sure when. Huh. Nightingale looks like it shows promise for survival, folks. But I think for folks like myself... I don't know. I don't know. What's intriguing to me about Nightingale is that card system. And how many different permutations of worlds can we really get? Or is it going to feel like rigged set pieces that they already handcrafted? 
Some people don't like the randomness. They like handcrafted, so that might be something that people want. I don't know. I'm actually... Uh, Mo never jumped in on that bet. Who jumped in on the $50 bet? Because it was steak with ketchup, and I was like, you got to give me something. I swear, Mo, you agreed to the $50. I said, you got to come and tip me 50 if I'm play- if I'm playing it. I swore that was you. 1,200 subs. Let's do steak and ketchup at 1,500. Loan at 1,500. Inconceivable. Yeah. I only take bets I know I'll win. Chat. Help me out here. Who took the $50 action? Who was that? Was it just Willie? Because I didn't promise a steak with ketchup to just any old nothing. I said, yeah, I'll do it. But then if you're wrong, I you got to tip me 50 bucks when I'm playing it. All I heard was 5K on a GoPro for 5K subs. Selective hearing. Huh? We have video evidence. I don't even know where that would have been, where we would have done that. Problem is they brought it up every day for months and it's hard to find receipts. That's what I mean. It's it's happened so many times. I can't remember who the original bet was with. Mo was definitely in on that. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you're backpedaling on me, Mo. You were like, no, it's definitely getting delayed. And I was like, bro, I 100% know it won't. I'll eat a steak with ketchup on stream. And you're like, I look forward to it. And I was like, Mo, you got to make me a promise then. When I'm playing that game, you got to come in that day and $50 super chat me. And then when the league started coming out, I started saying, you guys better be setting aside that money. Better be setting aside that money. It's coming. Creature watch all your past videos at times too. He's not busy, right? Yeah, he's not doing anything. (laughs) He says negative. This man. I thought he was supposed to buy the game for you. That was the joke. Like, you're going to pay for the game. I'm going to make you pay for a Sony game. That was kind of the gag. And I I made it 50. You know. I'll pay the extra... (laughs) I just sit here. Yeah, that's all creature does. Does you remember the anniversary? That's all that matters. Yeah, our babysitter got sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it was getting delayed, but it passed. You gave the bet to another guy. Oh, I was pissed. You gave the bet to another guy. Who was I talking to then? Yeah, Mo seems to remember the day that it happened. He's saying he was ticked. I gave the bet to another guy. It must have been somebody else. We need to get a bets channel in the Discord to track this stuff. <laughs> My wife says 100 likes and he has to vacuum the entire house in just jeans. Get out of here with that. I'm not doing that. No. It was medium mad schmo what oh instead of big bad mo medium mad schmo I got it was that a blip I didn't I'm not seeing evidence of a blip was it Greg let's blame Greg (laughs) no it wasn't Eugene it definitely wasn't Eugene. Xbox guys are me, Mo, Willie, and there was another guy I don't remember. 
Yeah, I wonder if whoever it is is just not coming around because they're like, ah, oh, frick. <laughs> they keep checking the news cycle and they're like, this isn't. This doesn't look very good. <laughs> this doesn't look very good. Hasio, do you pay attention? Hasio might have just thrown out a random name that you know is off top of his head. I thought it was either Zubair or Eugene. They said that they would buy the game for you. Yeah, no, it's definitely not Zubair or Eugene. No, they might have. They might have been a part of the discussion and been like, make them buy the game for you. Maybe that's what you're remembering. No, I've not watched it. I've not watched the last episode popping. No. I think his name started with a C, and I think he got put in timeout at one point. Huh. It wasn't me, but I still think it's getting delayed. What it sounds like to me is, I'm not going to get my $50. <laughs> it sounds like whoever it was is going to be able to hide under a sea of VODs. Like, we'll never be able to go back and find it. (laughs) It's so good. Press X to doubt. Oscar's like, I'll drop you 50. I don't care about the 50. It's the principle. I wanted somebody to come in and be like, you were right, and I'm playing the game, and they give me $50. I wanted them to eat crow. It would have been so scrumptious. It won't be the same, Oscar. It won't be the same. <laughs> you should play the quarry. We did ADJC. My wife and I played it three days in a row. As a member, you can go watch. It's a three-part series. It ends in a spectacular fashion. It ends in a spectacular fashion. You're off next week. I'm going to need something to watch. I'll see what I can find. Can you ballpark how long ago it was? Man, I don't even remember what we were covering. Where we co- we might have been covering the actual game. We we might we might have been covering like Ragnarok. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It might have been I feel like it's four months ago when Sony teases the release date. That's the thumbnail. Sony teases the release date. It could have been two months ago when I said uh, the thumbnail says not ready for show. Why can't they show us? That might have been the one. I don't know. So there's a four-month-old one and a two-month-old one. Both thumbnails are very similar. I use the same image. We've tr- we've used that image maybe too many times at this point where, like, lightning's coming out of his eyes. Um, yeah. So the one that says not ready for show and then when they tease the release date, one of those probably has the bet in it. You know? One of them. So, all right, I'm gonna run upstairs really quickly before we switch gears to the Alana Pierce stream. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the poll preemptively. I'll be right back. Uh, don't go anywhere. We almost never hit ads, but I typically hit an ad when I walk away. So it supports the channel. Consider doing a membership, a coffee order. Make sure you're smashing like. Make sure you're hitting subscribe. We just kind of made this episode up, so we appreciate the good turnout and all the great interaction and debates and discussions. We're going to continue having great discussions, debates, and back and forth, because I'm sure a lot of you have opinions about Sonic Frontiers. You're going to have a lot to say, I think, when you hear what Alana Pierce has to say. Okay, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Okay. Let me get the next stream ready. Get her. I gotta get her video ready as well. I don't have it pulled up just yet. I think we have this. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess I know my tweet. Reacting to the. do the 5k if every member brought a bought a bag of coffee will Lono do the 5k if every member bought a bag of coffee you, you you wouldn't be able to get that number one we don't even have that much coffee on hand number two there's just no there's no there's absolutely no way you'd be able to do that Let's check out Alana's hands-on experience and feedback about Sonic Frontiers. Tweet, send. Okay. and her YouTube channel and her Sonic Frontiers Q&A she does have a sponsored bit in this that we will have to skip over because I'm not going to put a sponsored piece of promotion in something if you're not paying me. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. 
We'll do this. Let me go to studio mode. And then... Yeah, I guess I'll go down here in the corner. That's fine. She has gameplay kind of up in the corner, but I want to stay on this side because she's like all the way over there. It'll make it like right heavy, but that's fine. We sell a thousand bags of coffee this month. If we sell, uh, if we sell a thousand bags of coffee this month, I'll record myself running a 5K with my daughter's cat on a leash because it ain't happening. Yeah, a thousand bags of coffee. That just isn't guess I have. Um. Right, here we go. Sonic Frontiers gameplay uh, is just a continued piece of coverage that we enjoy doing. I will be reacting to the Sonic Frontiers gameplay feedback or Q&A session that Alana Pierce did. She was actually at an event, got to play the game, and has some very interesting things to say, both good and promising but also some bad stuff so i this is sort of a a reaction piece of content that is a little self-indulgent primarily because a lot of what she says lines up with our coverage and things that we have said things that we've observed so i appreciated hearing from somebody who had their actual hands on a controller and got to play the game i'm going to bring everybody over from our stream this morning we did a stream about ghost of tsushima 2 